Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite Post Show for December 28, 2022. I'm your host, J.D. from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining us on your Wednesday evenings, wherever you may be. We got two $100 Super Chats right out of the gate. I haven't even said anything yet. From Fire Marshal Bill and Nick motherfucking Williams, gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Thank you guys very much for all of your generosity, man. We, 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 we will go over the Super Chats a little bit later in the show, but I want to shout those two guys out right at the top. Jesse, my brother, what is going on, man? 
What's good, bro? I don't know, man. I don't know what's good, man. I feel good tonight. It's good to be back live. I felt like there's just been nothing going on in wrestling, obviously, for the holiday season. I can't wait for it all to be over so we can get back to business. And AEW tonight, man, we were in business tonight. What a fucking show, man. It seems like TK, bro. It seems like TK is getting back in his groove, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And Jesse's got the glasses on, which only means, folks, that Jesse is in agreement that TK is a badass motherfucker. Shining bright, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's shining so bright that he's got the glasses on. It's so hot, man. It's shining so bright. I need to put the goddamn shades on, bro. What a, you know, I'm I'm not all about a good show. I love a good show. But TK has put together a nice little string of consecutive good shows. I like that even more. Yes, absolutely. We got a big show next week, and then the biggest show, maybe, that AEW's put on in a very long time, man. Uh, That LA show is shaping up to be something else. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Tonight, we had some great in-ring action. I said it on Twitter. I thought tonight was the best in-ring dynamite that we've seen In a very long time, one of the best in-ring dynamites that we've seen all year for 2022. So TK went out with a bang for the New Year's smash. I thought that first hour was one of the best first hours that AEW has ever done with Ethan Page and Brian Danielson opening the show. And then we got top flight against John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, We are going to get into all that stuff. The biggest story, and we're going to start off with this one, folks, at the top, because this one is seemingly going to uh, ruffle a couple of feathers And I already sense that Jesse and I are going to be on opposite ends here in regards to uh, War Beast, Wardlow, and Samoa Joe for the TNT title in the main event, mind you. Finally, TNT title main eventing a show. I don't even know. I don't even remember the last time the TNT title actually main evented a show. It might be actually dating back all the way to Mr. Brody Lee. I, I don't really recall the TNT title being in the main event as of late, or Cody Rhodes, maybe, one or the other. Um, but I thought they had a very good match tonight. I'm glad to see the title in the main events, first and foremost. That's where it should be on uh, some nights. Nights like tonight is perfect. And then Wardlow, bro, passes out. Now, the whole story of the match is with Joe retaining. Wardlow had been attacked in the back with a steel pipe, a lead pipe, and that really hindered his match tonight against Samoa Joe, failing to capture the TNT title After the match was over, Samoa Joe cut the ponytail off of Wardlow, seemingly taking it for a trophy. Out comes Darby Allen, throws his name into the TNT title picture. I'm assuming we get that match next week in Seattle, being that Darby is billed from Seattle. And we're going to get that match, which I thought was a great match the first time we saw it. I think in Seattle, uh, it's going to be even hotter with him being a hometown hero there. Uh, what did you think of tonight's match? And what did you think of the ending? Because I don't really see the big deal in Wardlow losing the way that he did because I think it sets up a bigger story with the TNT championship more than likely being on the line in some form or fashion uh, with Wardlow, Samoa Joe, or a mixture of all three of these guys at the pay-per-view March 5th at Revolution. All right. So let's start with this, all right? The match was, I'm not going to say the match was great because there was one one lingering thing that I just couldn't take my eyes off of that was just so, you know, kind of cringe to watch. But overall, the match was good. It wasn't great. It was good. But here's my here's my thing about it. It's not about the way he lost. It's about the 
the way the trajectory of his character is going combined with his loss, where he started from when they were trying to build him up to where he is now. You know, this is the guy that squashed the current AEW world champion, beat the holy hell out of him. And that was the last interesting thing he's done. And tonight, get his hair cut. He get humiliated, beat down, and just flat out destroyed by Joe. And then Darby Allen had to come out and save him. Yeah. This is not the Wardlow that we thought we were getting um, built up to. You know, when he's out there, you know, in, in this heated blood feud with MJF, and then he comes out beating him, and he comes out in this war path, and he starts feuding with security guards. And then he starts, I mean, just he's, it's just this weird slew of booking. And then he lost his title, and now he's getting beaten in the main event and getting his hair chopped off and looking like a... I don't. I just don't think it was a good look overall for Wardlow, man. I I, I understand that point of view. I, I really do. And it's it's very easy to pinpoint that uh, as far as you know the average viewer watching the show on a weekly basis. Uh, I, I get that Wardlow has not been booked the best, and I do think that they've ended up dropping the ball with Wardlow. I think Wardlow looks weak coming into this. Never mind what had happened tonight. I thought Wardlow was weak coming into this thing. Like, we, we said this last week, Jesse. I, I don't think Wardlow winning the championship in any way, shape, or form. There was a rumor going around that Wardlow was actually going to win the championship because Tony Khan wanted to end the year for Dynamite on a high note. I thought that would have been a tremendously bad idea. I thought that would have been terrible. He's not ready for that, and he's ice cold. And it's not the guy, Wardlow, who's going to make that title. Samoa Joe has actually been booked like a proper TNT champion, and I don't want to see him lose the championship yet. Uh, to yeah. anybody, because I think he's doing a tremendous job. It's easy to pinpoint Wardlow in, in that light because of the way he's been booked coming out of that MJF feud at double or nothing. But I, I want people to understand that whatever happened tonight is the is the road to some long-term booking. I, I think this is going to drag on a little bit. Uh, I think this is going to be taken into the pay-per-view. I, I think this is setting up a... And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, anybody from AEW can correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm on uh, the wrong track here. It seemingly looks like, Jesse, that Tony Khan is setting Wardlow up for a rebuild. And through Samoa Joe being as hot as he is as a heel, I think that's what he's trying to accomplish here. The, the, the hair getting cut, the lead pipe protecting him tonight, not tapping out, not being pinned, him passing out, all these things leading to just Wardlow being completely fucked over. And I honestly think this is all leading to him eventually winning the championship in some rebuilding phase by Tony Khan and AEW. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't really see the big deal in it. But it's not, you know, your point of view is not something that people are going to look at and say, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with you, man. I think a lot of people, everybody almost agrees with you with how you feel about Wardlow because I think we all feel the same way. Yeah, and could it be a rebuild? Yeah, it, it, it very well could be. That's why I made it a point to not come here and say Wardlow was buried. All right, That's He was absolutely not buried tonight. I mean, no. if you guys want to say that, man, get the fuck out of here, really. No. No, that's not the case at all. Wardlow was not buried. It's, it's, so I think it's just the fact of, so let's, so let's say he's being repackaged. All right, so we're going to go for a little ride, a little story to get Wardlow built up. We just did that. We just did that, and now you're asking us to do it all over again. You're telling us you're going to repackage them and rebuild them. He was fine. The original package was fine. 
the original Wardlow you built up and gave to us was fine. We didn't complain about what about the Wardlow we had. We just didn't understand the Wardlow that was being pushed to us after the MJF feud. Ever since, ever since that MJF match, he was just never the same. He was, he was white hot. Nobody was hotter than Wardlow. It was easy to book at that point. Just book him strong, and they didn't do that. And he kind of—I mean, not kind of—he lost all his momentum. And now they're looking at repackaging and rebuilding him potentially. Well, you know what? We we did that already. Now you're asking us to do it again. Okay, I hope we like the repackage because we like the original. Why'd you change it? I mean, I, I get it. I understand your point of view. What is Samoa Joe going to do this time around that MJF did not do back in the beginning of the summer? I, I get it. But Joe, Joe is right now, Joe is being booked the way that Wardlow should be. Booked. Yes. Yes. And, and I he, hope some of that he, rubs two, off. Yeah, these two never should have met right now at, at this current moment in their in their in their runs. It was not a good time to meet because I, I I don't know who to put one over because I like Joe where he is, but I don't like where Wardlow is. So I don't know if I would have put this so, match together. So it's a situation of Tony Khan listening to the fans, but then the question is, is it going to be too late? Are, are those same fans going to care about Wardlow this second time around as they cared about him the first time around? Or is it a situation where Tony Khan waited too long to get Wardlow back in position that he was in earlier in the year? Are people going to care? When it happens again, if it it feels like a it feels like a like a bad revolving door because you have him in a feud, going for a title, that he just recently lost that nobody really believes that he should have lost. You know, you have Samoa Joe with a title. Granted, it's an ROH title, and interest in ROH is kind of low at this point. Nonetheless, he has a title that he can be pushed with as the same killer that he has right now. He does not need to be a double champion. Wardlow could still be champion. He could be pushed as a killer away from Joe and maybe bring these guys together at some point down the road. But right now, as I'm trying to fix Wardlow, I don't want Wardlow anywhere near Joe because Joe is doing great. Joe's looking like a killer. Joe looks like Joe. And that's and that's all we want. We just want Joe. And that's what we're getting. Just straight up, legit, badass, beat the shit out of you, Joe. That's not the Wardlow we're getting right now. And it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel the same. I don't feel that same Wardlow mojo as we did a few months back now. This is the best Samoa Joe's look since his days in black and gold. This is yes. the best Samoa Joe's look since that Brock Lesnar feud at Great Balls of Fire. So I, yes. I love I love what he's doing. A fucking I, killer, dude. I mean, just he don't give a shit about his opponent, the fans, any fucking thing. He's just gonna be himself. He's gonna be fucking Joe. I love it. I fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah, Joe is on, uh, Joe's on a hot streak, and Jesse's correct. Uh, Joe is being booked like Wardlow should have been booked for the duration of 2022. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into what happened there, and we'll get into the breakdown of that match a little bit later, as it was in the main event, and rightfully so. And I'm glad to see the TNT yeah. title in the main event tonight on, on Dynamite. The other big thing that happened tonight, and then we'll get into some uh, breaking stories here that uh, actually happened when Dynamite went off the air, because I know a lot of people were talking about it in the... Uh, stream chat before we actually came live. The other big thing that happened tonight was the Elite. And they forced a quote-unquote Game 7 against Death Triangle of the Trios Championships. We will be taking a break from this next week. They will not be wrestling in Seattle. They are saving the Game 7, the Match 7 for LA at the Forum 
in a ladder match between the Death Triangle and the Elites. Jesse, I asked you this the last several weeks. Do you feel any different from day one when we heard about this and the indifference towards it? Oh, my God, what are they going to do to create seven different matches and all this other nonsense? Do you feel any different after tonight? Are you more excited about it than you were then? And are you excited about this going into next week with a match seven for the trio championships in Los Angeles on January 11th? So, so when they booked this, all right, and we got the match, match one, fantastic match. And then we were told we were getting a seven match series. And my God, man, it was just a nightmare to envision seeing the same match seven damn times. And as we went along, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, it, I didn't feel too much different about it as we went into match two and three. As we stand here tonight, after this match tonight, I retract every goddamn thing I said. This was fantastic, man. This was fucking great. It was a change of pace. It was nothing like any of the previous matches. Um, It was exciting. It had fantastic hope spots. It had spots I didn't expect. The outcome was predictable and as advertised. But who gave a shit? I mean, the match was great. And yeah, I'm legitimately looking forward to match seven, the ladder match in LA, in the Bucks' hometown. So, um, hey, man, shame on me. I was wrong. This they, they're killing they're killing this series at this point. Six of the best pro wrestlers in the uh, uh, on the planet in in one match, and you got two of the best tag teams out of those four four of those six, and two of the best tag teams in yeah. the world. Um, it, it's very difficult to not really trust them in getting anything over. I, I thought tonight was a fantastic match. It might have been the most fun match of the entire uh, series so far. And we're going to go into next week, and I know, I know, not next week. Actually, we're off next week. January 11th is the final match. I think January 11th is going to be the best match of all because, I mean, there's no way that these six guys are going to go into a ladder match and, and not have a fucking classic. So if you guys the, remember the— thing the, I do like—I'm sorry. The thing I like about the pacing and the booking of these matches, they're giving these guys two weeks off yes. to not only— uh, uh, pace us getting this same match over and over, but to also let these guys heal from these big spots and these and these nagging injuries and give them time to get ready for a big-ass ladder match to blow this shit off. Yes. So, great timing and pacing of the matches. Um, I like that they're getting a couple of weeks off between these big matches, and hey, man, they proved me wrong. This is all, this is interesting. This was the, this was the most entertaining one for me of all. And I'm looking forward to match seven. So that being said, yeah, now nope, they they pulled it off, man. They pulled it off. The weeks in between definitely have helped the flow of the entire series. And Philippe in the chat brings up a very good point. He says, what if Adam Cole costs the elite in the final match? It's a possibility. They've been very, keep- they've been very hush on Adam Cole. Yeah, man. I can't keep fantasy booking Adam Cole when every time I do. I'm getting reports and, you know, rumors of him being dead, you know? So, I mean, like, he's never going to wrestle again. Need me the worst concussion ever. I don't know what's going on with Adam fucking Cole, man. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. But, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you know, predictable is not a bad thing. I know a lot of people are, oh, well, it's predictable, man. The the Bucks are going to win in their hometown. So what? It, it's a Tony Khan fucking special. He, he does it all the time. 
He puts people over in their hometown. It's better than fucking WWE when Vince was in charge, putting somebody in their hometown, and they notoriously lose every fucking time it happens. I get it. But listen, at the end of all this, hopefully Tony Khan is understanding that we want to see the House of Black, no matter who goes up against the House of Black. And we've seen the death triangle versus the House of Black how many fucking times? So I'd love to see the elite win. I'd love to. This has been a tremendous series, and they should deserve to win. And if the elite do win, I mean, you're looking at a House of Black versus elite trios match. I don't know why anybody would think that predictable is fucking bad. Give me the match and inject that shit into my blood, please. Yeah, I don't I don't think the I don't think match seven is as predictable as everyone's thinking. I mean, the fact that it's in the Bucks hometown and everything else that 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 leads way to all kinds of things to possibly go right or wrong for them. You know, they could get screwed over in the match at home to bring maximum heat on someone else. You know, uh, House of Black, you know, Adam Cole, maybe Adam Cole return. Maybe he turns on the elite. Who knows? But whatever they do, it will it will be that much more impactful because it's in L.A. where the Bucks are from. So, yeah, um, I'm not convinced that the Bucks are going to win just because they're at home. I, mean, no, I agree. They, I agree. We've yeah. seen we've seen teases of the House of Black attacking Brandon Cutler. You know, there was a little uh, symbolism there. And, you know, I've seen the trios division get a little bit more focus as of late. We got William Regal now moving away from the Blackpool Combat Club. And I would love to see something unpredictable happen. We'll see what happens on January 11th. But if we get the House of Black versus the Bucks in a non-title feud for the trios championships, away from the championships, and we get Death Triangle versus Blackpool Combat Club, for the championship, I'd love to see the Blackpool Combat Club mix it up with the trios, bro. I've been asking for this for fucking months now. You know, they don't have William Regal. Willie Yuta's got nothing to do. John Moxley doesn't have a world championship. You know, Claudio's the Ring of Honor world champion, but they do, that doesn't mean he can't wrestle for, you know, AEW and do what he's got to do for AEW. I'd love to see that. That's unpredictable to me. I would love to see something like that happen and move away from the clearly obvious direction that Tony Khan is aiming for in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what they, you know, they they have so so many other elements to the trios division. There's no need to be, you know, pigeonholed to like three or four teams. So, I mean, the second that they let it breathe a little bit, let it expand, let the trios titles go to other challengers and things like that, I think the division will take off and get much, much, much better. Um, the Blackpool Combat Club does need some direction. First and foremost, why are they still called the Blackpool Combat Club? You well, know. they're Blackpool Combat Club for life, bro. Well, I mean, nobody there is from Blackpool anymore. Well, I mean, I mean William so. Regal lives on in spirit. <laughs> so what are we doing with Brian? I want to see Brian uh, more involved or vice versa. The Blackpool Combat Club more involved with what and what Brian has going on. They seem a little bit, you know, emancipated right now. And I, and I would like to see them a little bit more come together. Wheeler Yuta, like you said, he's in limbo. Um. Claudio and Mox as a tag team. I need more of that in my life, please. Yeah. You know, that would be fantastic. Maybe the next tag team tournament, we get Moxley and Claudio, and then maybe we get Yuta and Brian as another team, and maybe have them come together in said tournament. Who knows? You know, so many different things. I just want to see them come together a little bit as far as the BCC goes. Yeah. There's a, they're an open book. I'd love to see them involved a little bit more. Uh, they still obviously have some life left in them after William Regal. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about Blackpool Combat Club as they had a very good match tonight with Top Flight. But we will get on into the review 
I do want to go over this uh, this breaking news that actually happened after, conveniently, AEW Dynamite came to a close tonight. Triple H working overtime, getting the foundation ready for 2023, bro, as Dragon Lee, superstar Dragon Lee, signs with WWE. He's one of the top names in Mexican Lucha Libre. He's wrestled alongside, I believe it was Andrade, not too long ago in AEW, Roosh in AEW. Dragon Lee finished up Wednesday with Mexico's Lucha Libre AAA promotion, a tag team match with his brother, Dralistico, who also wrestled for AEW a handful of times, against FTR for the AAA Tag Team Championships. The plan, he said, was to begin with WWE in January, starting with NXT. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Dragon Lee going to Tuesday nights. Give me, Give me a, a fucking favor, break. Give me a favor. Yeah. Tell me one, one wrestler, one wrestler in WWE history to be successful in a mask, not named Rey Mysterio. The answer is nobody. So but, Dragon Lee but, is either going to blaze but, some trails but, or fail. But, but Vince McMahon is not fair, quote unquote. Bro, if I'm a betting man, if someone forced me to make a large wager on whether or not Dragon Lee was going to succeed in WWE or not, I would put all my marbles on him not succeeding. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with him on NXT. He's 27 years old. He does not need... Listen, he's probably going to end up being the best wrestler on day one there. Number, easily. But Lucha Lucha Libre wrestler guys, but Lucha Libre. The thing is, the pe the the people that end up like this, the people that end up on NXT like Dragon Lee. The only reason why they go there is because WWE production is a completely different beast. They're not going to go to the WWE, and you're not going to put them on the main roster, even though they're in ring ready for the main roster. He's not in ring ready for WWE. He he knows Lucha Libre. He needs to wrestle Lucha Libre, but he needs to wrestle WWE's style of Lucha Libre. So they're probably going to dumb him down uh, for the most part. And he needs to learn, you know, the camera angles and the entrance and the production side of things. AJ Styles, I'll never forget AJ Styles said, I wish I had the opportunity to go to NXT when I first got here. Instead of going right to the main roster for at least six months to a year. Because, you know, coming over from Impact and New Japan, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. In WWE. Yeah. So him going to NXT is a good thing, even though it is a laughing stock. It is a good thing. So he's wrestled for AEW. He's wrestled for New Japan. He's wrestled for Ring of Honor. Uh, Solid Monster and I have actually had the fortunate circumstance of calling a Dragon Lee and Dralistico match in House of Glory, which was fucking great. He comes from a wrestling family. Lee's father is a luchador named La Bestia del Ring. Lee has been teaming with his brother Dralistico in Mexico. Recently, and another brother, Roosh, who you guys know from AEW, he will move with his family to Orlando to work for the WWE. The signing of Lee is notable as WWE continues to expand globally with a push towards developmental territories in several other countries in 2023. Latin America is a priority for the promotion, sources said. Shawn Michaels, the legendary uh, Shawn Michaels, obviously, now WWE's Senior Vice President of Talent Development Creative and running NXT, mentioned recently that the promotion is looking at an NXT Mexico branch. 
So there's that uh, <laughs> takeover happening, bro. The original plan before Vince fucking slaughtered everything. The takeover that Triple H wanted to do is slowly taking shape, and it starts with Dragon Libra. I'm excited about this, but I will say this. For all the fucking fakes out there, everybody's excited. Oh, Dragon Lee is going to WWE. Where the fuck were you when he's wrestled in Mexico on the indies in AEW? And I heard nothing but the sound of crickets. Now everybody wants to be fake excited that Dragon Lee's making his way to WWE. Give me a fucking break with your fake excitement, no. man. The IWC are a bunch of lame-ass motherfuckers, man. Let him do what he's got to do. I wish him nothing but the best. He's fucking incredible. And if there's anybody that's going to take care of him, it's going to be Triple H. But please, can you spare me the fake excitement? Because I guarantee half of these fucking people didn't even know who Dragon Lee was before tonight's ESPN article. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Probably. I mean, you know what? You know what this signing reminds me of when AEW got Tony Storm. Because on paper, yeah, it looks fantastic. But my reaction was more like, it feels like they're gonna drop her, and they did. I thought you. I thought you were gonna say when WWE got Shinsuke Nakamura or when WWE got Kenta. Oh no, no, Shinsuke. Shinsuke was a killer when they got him, and WWE just happened to botch that one. And then Jinder Mahal happened. Oh my god. Oh you know, people were on social media celebrating his world championship title reign. No. Now, what the fuck are you guys doing, man? No. That's what you're celebrating? Nobody should ever mention that in the history of the fucking social media landscape anymore. No. Ever. Any year. Didn't didn't Santos Escobar um, wear a mask before his NXT career? Yes. And he got smart and brought his ass here, took that mask off, and now he's actually getting somewhere now? Yes. I don't think Dragon Lee is going to do well with that mask on in WWE. It's just something about the way they don't do Lucha Libre wrestling like that, man. They just don't. Rey Mysterio is a, is a, is a special circumstance, man. Um, I, I, think, I think Santos Escobar got it right when he decided to demask himself. And maybe it's just the way they shoot their, their, their talent. Maybe the way, the way they promote them. I don't know. But it seems like in WWE, they... They want to see your face to get into you, to invest in you. I don't know, but I know this. No Lucha Libre wrestler in WWE has ever really gotten over but Rey Mysterio. He may, not even, he may not even have the fucking mask at the end of the day, bro. He may have, he may, they may fucking un- unmask him. That we be, don't know. That, may, that might be the best. That might be best, man. Andrade wrestled in a mask. He went to NXT without the mask. Santos yes. Escobar wrestled in Mexico with the mask. He came to WWE without the mask. 
I mean, this is this is just the trend. Yes. Take that mask. You want to wear a mask, do it in AEW where they can somehow treat it right, treat it with respect, and they respect. I don't know about respect. It's just AEW does Lucha Libre wrestling. WWE does not. Bro, remember remember the hype Sin Cara got? What happened oh to that? God. Look, look at how that fucking. I mean, that was Vince yes. McMahon, but this yes. is not that. And Vince is not there anymore. But I mean, look at the hype that he got when he yes. came in. And he went absolutely. It was a fucking jobber by three months. Yeah. As it stands right now, no one in WWE is really, really working a Lucha Libre style. I mean, you can't put him in the ring with Rey Mysterio every damn week. No. Right? I, just, I just can't fucking. You can't put him in the ring with, you know, uh, um, who's the, who's the, uh, he's not Lucha Libre, but he can work that style. Uh, um, the guy last week that fought fucking um, Rhea Ripley. Uh, Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa. Yeah. I mean, it's not Lucha Libre, but he can work that style. No one is really working a Lucha Libre style in WWE, and that's the style he works. So he's going to need someone to help him get his dynamic over, to get his kind of get his style over, man. Uh, who, who knows? I mean, Triple H may be planning to bring back the fucking Cruiserweight division and the Cruiserweight championship. We, we don't fuck it. I think that would be great. I mean, I'd love work. to see it, especially in a three-hour Monday Night Raw, starting a fucking Monday Night Raw off with that type of action. That's That's what I had envisioned for that. Vince yeah. fucking killed it. I mean, look at the, the WWE has so many talents that could wrestle in that fucking division. Now, Triple H would take care of it. But I don't know why they would not bring that back and have him be a catalyst. I mean, Santos could wrestle there. Yes. Finn Balor could wrestle there. Ricochet could wrestle Balor, there. Akira Ricochet. Tozawa could wrestle there yes. instead of wrestling these jobber matches. Yes. I mean, Those holy guys shit. Can do it. Yes. All the guys you just mentioned, those would be guys that would fit well with Dragon Lee. Um, unfortunately, these guys are not really being featured that way. Finn Balor is not being used in a way to get no. his that style over. He's not working that style right now. Rey Mysterio's there. Santos Escobar is there. But, I mean, my God, man, this guy can't work with just two or three people. He no. needs a division. Yeah. So I hope it's going somewhere. I, ho- I hope it's the start, like you said, I hope it's the start of something. But just adding Dragon Lee to this, it's not going to work. It's like if you have a fantastic, delicious gourmet chef prepared italian meal and then you add in some some um some japanese food with it it's not that the japanese food is 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 disgusting it's just not meshing well with the meal that you're presenting and it doesn't fit it just doesn't fit and 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 listen man you know when you go to ww this is the last thing i'll say on this and we'll get to the aw dynamite stuff um when you come over from mexico you know i don't know how well his english is He's now wrestling yeah. for the WWE in 2023. He's going to need to cut a promo. And, and like like Jesse said, and like I said, you know, him mixing well with like the Seth Rollins and the Drew McIntyres and the Cody Rhodes of the WWE, you know, you know, do you see him coming in and ascending to that? Possibly. But you ain't going to go there until you speak English and you can get yourself over you and get, get over. the fans invested in who you are and what yes. you're doing. Simple. Yes. Cody came, Cody came into WWE, immediately went to the main event scene with Seth Rollins. Why? Because he was already over. Yes. If they bring in Dragon Lee and try to toss him into a main event scene with Seth Rollins, it will fall flat on its face. Yes. No one will care about him at all. It's going to be interesting to follow. I'll talk about this uh, a little bit more on the extra that I have planned for tomorrow afternoon. So make sure you guys... Go and uh, look out for that. Gar- Gargano can work with him. 
Johnny Gargano. I mean, there's so many fucking, I mean, Cameron Grimes and, and anybody. Yes. I mean, look at the yes. fucking talent that's in that company that's at that weight limit. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting to definitely see develop for sure. But we will uh, talk about that a little bit more down the line as I get more information on that and what that uh, entails. But we're going to get into Dynamite. I want to thank you guys very much for joining us right here. We got almost 2,000 in the venue. Uh, I know it's at the end of the year. Hopefully things pick back up. I know guys and, uh, you know, everybody in the community, they're all struggling for content right now because there's no fucking news. Everybody's giving you their thoughts on what's the best of 2022, best match, uh, MVP, this and that. I am planning something for a live stream for the new year as far as my top 10 and my awards so look out for that. I already started some of that on social media. So you guys will be hearing from me in that sense uh, in the next couple of weeks. But I want to thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast tonight. Please remember to hit that thumbs up. Uh, let's try for 1,000 likes minimum. Uh, so please hit that thumbs up. It helps me out tremendously in the YouTube algorithm. Super Chats are open. We got Nick Williams and Fire Marshal uh, Bill getting in the $100 bombs already. So make sure you guys join in on the Super Chat train and get them on and we'll hang out at the end of the show. New memberships are always accepted. We're looking for some VIPs to end the year. So make sure you guys hit that join button as well and become a channel member right here on OTS. All my channel members are actually voting for the top awards for the OTS awards this year. So that is up to you guys on YouTube. So you guys can see that in the community section under the members only tab. So make sure you guys go check that out. And please go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Uh, Everything you need is there in the live stream section and on the homepage. Go check that out. And follow us on social media. I'm JD from NY206 on Twitter. And make sure you guys go follow Jesse at ChiTownSmark on Twitter as well. Let's get into Dynamite, bro. We're going to start off with Ethan Page against Brian Danielson. This was a banger of a match to open the show. And Colorado, Denver. Colorado was fucking hot. This was an excellent opener. Uh, I would go out there and say that this was probably Ethan Page's best AEW match to date. And it's not very difficult why that is, because he's in there with one of the best of all time. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I'm trying to think back to the, like the past Ethan Page matches, but um, I mean, can't go wrong with saying a Brian Danielson match was his best. No, I mean the- he's had a couple bangers with Darby. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's he right. Had a right. casket match with Darby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, this this was this was good, man. I mean, but what else did we expect? What else did we expect with Brian? We expect Danielson? excellence. Always. You know, you, you know. It, this this is this is we we expected at least something decent and they overdelivered and like it was really really good so you know i mean whatever brian touches in that ring you know never comes out like shit can i remember the last match he was in and the match was just bad you know this was this was good shit man the, the heat seems very genuine it seems like something for brian that he just had to get through in order to get to where he wanted to go and they made that clear at the end so I like the trajectory. It's also pointing towards a triple threat, which I really didn't want to see, to be honest with you. But it doesn't mean that they can't sell me on it, you know, and during the build. So let's see where they go with it. MJF's music hit in the open of this match. And where is he? He doesn't walk through the tunnels. He's in the fucking luxury box with this obviously beautiful woman. I had no idea oh. who she is. She looked like a mixture of AJ Lee 
and Shotzi Black. I thought it was Shotzi Blackheart for a fucking second. I'm like, holy shit, did Tony Khan shine, uh, sign Shotzi Blackheart? But Dang. he's there, and apparently she's an independent wrestler. I don't, I don't know her name. I know people were adding uh, me with her at on Twitter. Uh, obviously, a very beautiful woman. He says that he's found the only hot chick in Colorado, and he starts wow. la- he, he starts laughing. At everybody and Brian and Ethan Page in the ring. Uh, bro, listen, we are lucky to have MJF as our world champion. The man has fine taste, I will say. Um, I thought he was engaged. He is. He is. His, his, his fiance is a very beautiful woman. What the fuck? And she's a very talented woman, by the way. Her, her artwork, I may actually buy some for the office, man. Her artwork is incredible. It's 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 fantastic. Yes. Now, now where was she tonight? And what, what happened there? She man? clearly thought- was not in Chicago, uh, in Colorado. Uh, she what, was uh, at home somewhere in New Jersey or wherever, or, or New, I don't know, Long Island, wherever, wherever they're living now. I don't know. And this but girl was East all Coast. about MJF, man. MJF was watching the match. And yeah, she, she was, was very, she him. was very cozy there, bro. She was watching him. I mean, I he's, mean, the, he's the world champion. Getting really close to that Burberry, bro. Where is the fiance? <laughs> Where is the, what is going on here? I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, MJF is a man of fine taste, man. Um, he referred to Brian Danielson here as brain damaged Brian. <laughs> so I don't know why. This is fucked up that I laughed so hard at this, but I mean, I mean so I, it's, it's just so fucking funny, man. <laughs> brain damaged Brian, going back to all of the uh, concussion issues that Brian had and him being away for four years before ultimately coming back. And then the match started and MJF, we didn't hear from MJF and the lovely lady up in the luxury box for the rest of the match. So the match itself was fucking great. And they went back and forth here. There was a Romero special by Brian Danielson, uh, quickly turned into uh, slamming on Paige's knees, which looked fucking brutal, stomping down on his Achilles. It looked brutal. Page regained control, tried for a superplex, but was knocked off by Brian, and he hit a top rope dropkick. Stokely Hathaway jumped on the apron. Uh, his hat was flipped off by Brian, and Page tried to charge in, only to be sent to the outside, and Brian nailed an absolutely ferocious dive to the outside. Hathaway got a distraction again. This time he was successful in his attempt. Page hit a pump kick on Danielson. And we go into Paige taking over. Uh, Danielson was on the defensive for a little bit. He was able to float over a suplex into a released German uh, to gain some control here. He started to light up Paige. Man, they were going back and forth, bro. I don't know if you were paying attention to the fucking stiff-ass chops that they were throwing each other. Holy fucking shit. Brian was going at Paige like Brian usually does. He's got a mixture of that little strong style in him. But, man, Ethan Page sent those receipts back. To Brian, man, I thought Paige's chops were more devastating than than Brian's. It feels like when Brian's in a match, it feels like he's in gorilla with them saying, "All right, look, <laughs> I'm gonna beat the shit out of you." So you better, you better hit me back, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, man. <laughs> so I'm gonna chop the hell out of you. If you don't chop me back harder, I'm gonna chop you back even harder than I did last time. So good. It just seems like that. It's, Chest is hamburger meat in every match. Yes, does, yes. Brian's chest was beat red. Uh, Page's was as well, but not as much as Brian. So top rope Hurricanrana led to some yes kicks by Brian. Page ducked the big uh, final yes kick. Baseball slot on the outside. Hathaway shoved Page out of the way to avoid a charging Danielson. He crashed and burned. 
Page connected with a snap power slam on the floor and a step-through cutter from the apron uh, for a two-count inside the ring. Page tried to pull up Danielson by the arms into a slam. Danielson turned it into a DDT. Danielson then applied the LaBelle lock. Page got a rope break. Danielson was uh, a little uh, wobbly there, and Page cut off Danielson in the corner, hit a avalanche power slam off the top rope. Danielson kicked out. Page looked for an ego's edge. Danielson floated over into the Busaiko knee, right into the stomps where he grabs his opponent's wrist, and that led to the regal stretch to get Page to fall unconscious, uh, and he basically was not the one to tap out here. He was not pinned. Page was unconscious here, passed out, and Danielson wins the match. He looks up at the luxury box with MJF and his beautiful accomplice tonight, and that's the way the match ended. Uh, very good by both guys. Best Ethan Page match in AEW so far. Uh, not really a lot in the way of MJF and Brian uh, advancing the story, but I'm assuming this match is going to take place for Revolution, so we have plenty of time to get uh, these two guys in the ring and whatever they need to do, so I'm not too concerned about that. All in all, excellent open to Dynamite. It was fantastic. Her name is uh, Daddy Doom. Daddy Doom. D-A-D-D-I. Doom. Doom. Yes. And my God. Lovely lady. Yes. The booty meat is real here, man. Lovely lady. The booty meat is real. Where's Tony Brown? Tony Brown. I don't know. I don't know. Tony Brown. Uh, this may be a Vandelli special too, bro. Oh, uh, this is a Vandelli special too? I think so. Yes. Man, this one's a winner, man. This is an OTS special. Never mind fucking Vandelli and, uh, and Tony Brown. She like is, I said, uh, man. She, she is well worth having to go home and explain to the fiance why. Uh, well, well, I mean, I mean come on now. We don't want to disrespect MJF like that. Oh, whoa. my oh, fucking whoa. goodness. Woo-hoo. Oh, my God. Steven Vandelli with a $200 super chat. Wouldn't mind seeing Daddy Doom. The girl next to MJF in some dark matches. Another great indie wrestler who runs in the same crew as Heidi Howitzer, Max the Impaler, Ryzen, and of course, Abaddon. Oh, oh my goodness. She's a part of the Abaddon Ryzen crew. Okay. There you go. Look at that, man. Right on cue. We knew. We knew okay. she was Team Vandelli. Ooh. Oh, man. my goodness. Vandelli, brother, thank you so much, man. Hopefully, your holiday was great. And hopefully, the new year is very good to you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Ooh, man. Daddy Doom, huh? Yeah, go to her Twitter profile and the very first pic she got up there, man. I saw it already, bro. Whoa. I saw it already. Whoa. Anyway, moving on with the rest of the show after that incredible Danielson and Paige match to open Dynamite. Renee Paquette, uh, she interviewed Wardlow backstage. As he said, everything shifts from powerful words to powerful actions because we got a vignette of Samoa Joe bragging about taking the belt. Off of Wardlow in the first place. Joe then all of a sudden attacked Wardlow with a lead pipe. Joe yelled down at him as he smashed his knee with a lead pipe. You want action? This is action. I did this to you. So setting the table for the main event was Samoa Joe. Renee, busy woman tonight, shifted from Wardlow and Samoa Joe to Adam Hangman Page and the Dark Order backstage who was (laughs) sitting on the trainer's table. 
Hangman was not yeah. happy to see Renee because of her alignment. Yeah, because of her uh, her relationship with the former world champion. Hangman says he hasn't wrestled in two months and he's not sure when he'll be cleared. When she brought up John Moxley's name, he leapt up and got angry. Dark Order then had to restrain him, talk him down, calm him down. The trainer said, listen, you might be cleared in two weeks. If he doesn't get riled up and get physical prematurely, we're looking to clear you for L.A. Hangman took a deep breath and said, all right. So it looks like, bro, Tony Khan is absolutely loading up that L.A. show, man. It looks like we may be getting John Moxley versus Adam Page, the rematch for Los Angeles, January 11th. And my God, man, I'm excited about that. That's going to be big. It is going to be pretty damn nice, man. I like I, I like the... I like the, the 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 low slow introduction of Renee into this. What if what if Hangman puts his hands on her? I'm not looking for now. I'm not looking for a full Renee beatdown. What if he just pushes her out of a way out of frustration one night or something like that? I don't know, man. I I actually thought of that, but I, I didn't really put too much into that thought. What if, what if Adam Page with this whole concussion thing, bro? It, 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 he I don't know if this is going to be a storyline thing or if they're just using this to sell the match and kind of you know, linger the storyline on. But what if he kind of dips in and out of just like what's logical and what's illogical? Yeah. He, he makes bad mistakes because of the concussion. And one of those bad mistakes does end up being putting his hands on Renee. Yeah. And that gets him into some fucking deep shit with yeah, John yeah, Moxley. Yeah. I did, that did, that did cross my mind. That would be, that would be nice. And just, just frustrations where he like, I mean, even if an accidental, you know, shove or push, something like that, he tries to claim it was that maybe they want to try to keep him tweener slash baby face. So he's not gonna intentionally hit her, but maybe something happened and he was pushed into her, and it completely sets Mox off, and he don't want to hear the reason why it actually happened. I think that could be a nice little dynamic they inject in there. And what heat that would be for the fucking match, huh? Yeah, I mean we already got a lot of heat for this match, but when you involve uh, accidentally hitting someone's wife in this case, yeah, I mean I'm all for that, man. I like a little realism in my pro wrestling. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. And and it. It, it it would give um warranted heat on both sides. I mean, you know, for Hangman's side, it was an accident, bro. I didn't mean to do it. Moxie's side, I don't give a shit. You put your hands on my wife. So it, it makes sense in the dynamic, and no one's being turned full-blown heel in that process either. You know, I just want to make I want to mention something here. I, I did put out a poll for everybody to vote on. Uh, a couple of days ago, it got uh like 40,000 views on Twitter, it got like almost 10,000 votes. Pro Wrestler of the Year, men's Pro Wrestler of the Year for 2022. Obviously, I put the the usuals, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, John Moxley. I included Adam Page in the four slots that I am allowed on Twitter, okay? Obviously, I said in the tweet, you guys can put anybody you want in the thread. I'll take any names as consideration. Obviously, Gunther was mentioned a lot, Sami Zayn. Uh, we had Sheamus. So, obviously, a lot of people were very divided on Pro Wrestler of the Year. To me, the Pro Wrestler of the Year, honestly, is probably going to go to Roman Reigns. Uh, that's just the way it is because, I mean, everything he's done has been tremendous. Uh, John Moxley is obviously a close second. But I think a lot of people, and I know people personally that kind of aren't on Team Adam Page, bro. Hey, listen, he's had bangers this year. I, I don't want to hear any any disrespect towards Adam Page whatsoever, man. When you talk about... What he did in the first half of this year, bro, Adam Page was fucking tremendous. Those matches against Brian, the matches with Moxley, yeah. some of the matches against Punk, matches yeah. against Takeshita. I mean, you cannot 
leave Adam Page out of a world, uh, out of a, a top pro wrestler for 2022. He might not be the best pro wrestler of the entire year, but do not yeah. leave him out of the discussion, bro. Yeah, I, I think I think wrestler of the year, I think it needs to inherently be separated into two. It just needs to be because Roman Reigns should be wrestler of the year. I mean, hands down. Yes. But here's the thing. He's he's not the best in-ring no. worker of the year. No. So I think the best wrestler of the year, you know, the kayfabe, best, most entertaining wrestler of the year, hands down, is Roman Reigns. And I think after that, we can give another award to the best in-ring worker of the year. And that would not be Roman Reigns. And it would be very subjective because a lot of people would qualify for such an award. Yes. I mean, I mean, it's, it's so open. I mean, some of the names that I just mentioned in this, in this discussion, I mean, you can't leave out Sheamus for that type of discussion. You can't. Gunther, you know, Ricochet has had a great second half of the year. I mean, there's so many different people, but I don't want to hear any Adam, Adam Page ill will or, or disrespect. The man is fucking great. And he deserves yeah. some votes for Pro Wrestle of the Year because his first half of the year was tremendous. I don't want to hear anything from anybody. And yes, Dax, I've been mentioning it for months, man. You don't need to tell me about Dax. I know how good Dax is. Yeah. And I've said it, and when I was at the scrum, I, I even asked the question, what is your feeling on everybody thinking that at this point in the year, you are Pro Wrestle of the Year? He smiled. That made my fucking night, knowing that he smiled because I asked that question. I mean, it, it, it was de- he's definitely in the discussions, you know. He had a nice run of a few months, you know. Um, the year is long, and and the and the competition is very very wide. So to say, put someone else in there over Dex, it's not a slight on Dex, man. I mean, the field is very very crowded. Yeah, I mean, but he's up there, you know. If he's in someone's discussion or someone's number one, I mean, can you really argue with them? You know, I mean, but I mean, for me, man, I mean, I don't know. It it could be so many different guys, man. Moxley, I mean, I I like I, I like watching guys like um, like like um, oh, what the fuck is wrong with me tonight, man? Um, um, Penta and Penta and fucking Phoenix. Yeah. Um, Phoenix had a really fucking good year in the ring, you know, with injuries and every, notice how every time Phoenix gets into a fucking match, commentary and maybe us ourselves are sitting there watching and saying, how in the fuck did he do that? Like every every time. match. Every match. Every match. So if you want to say Phoenix, and I'll, I'd be okay with that. I wish Kenny had not taken as much time off as he had to because he would be up there in that discussion as well. You know, Brian. I mean, how can, how can you go wrong with some of these guys? But on the other side of it, Roman, there's there's no other number one but Roman. No. There just isn't. So I, that's why I like the fact that if you separate it into an in-ring worker, you can now you know, pick someone else out to win said award because I would not pick Roman for that. Yeah, Sports Illustrated named Seth Rollins Pro Wrestler of the Year. And, uh, you know, there may be some bias in that. I have no fucking clue. I'm not going to take anything away from Seth Rollins. He also had a tremendous in-ring year, and he's deserving of that award. So, I mean, it's it's very, like, this is the most subjective thing in all of pro wrestling. I mean, it, 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 it causes division amongst fucking fan bases. It is. So, it, just and let and it be. It. Yeah. You know, Brian, how can you not call Brian Danielson wrestler of the year? Man? I, I know. I mean, it's just I mean, ridiculous. So speaking of John Moxley, he teamed with Claudio tonight against top flights, uh, Darius and Dante Martin. This was uh, a hot match, hot crowd. I thought this was fucking great. John Moxley and Claudio win this match. We'll get into how uh, in just a second. But 
This is one of the most beautiful things about AEW, bro. You put these four men in the ring, and Top Flight is getting uh, preferential treatment here. We start with Darius and John Moxley a couple of weeks back on Rampage, or I was on Dynamite, I believe. Uh, we asked why. You know, why does it? Why is this match happening? Went about ten minutes. It was fine for what it was. Then we get that tremendous closing sequence in the Battle Royal on Rampage on Friday night, that Three Kings Battle Royal for the $300,000. I did watch that before I went live on Friday night for SmackDown because I was just so enthralled by the ending. I'm like, holy shit, they're really making a, a whole competition out of this. We had Top Flight win over Claudio. They were put over big time in that Battle Royal. Excellent closing sequence there. And then we get this tag team match. The most beautiful thing about AEW, bro, is you put veterans in there with Moxley and Claudio, and you, on the opposite side, you get Top Flight, who is one of the most up-and-coming, hottest tag teams in AEW, and just things things just go the way that they, they should, man. This is exactly the recipe that we fell in love with with AEW, man. Veteran and young talent come together, get the young talent over, and even though they lost, they looked fucking great out there, and nobody should be looking at them as, oh, they lost. They were in there against two world champions, and they fucking proved themselves and had a great fucking match. It is a fantastic formula, um, except with Jeff Jarrett. Get this guy out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, there's exceptions to every rule. Like I've, I've said for the longest of times, AEW... Treats their legends so well. I mean, I, I like how they book them and treat them. Get Jeff Jarrett out of here, man. I mean, but, yes, you know, but yeah, I mean, but this 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 match had, you know, you know the the symmetry. It all makes sense. It all flowed and everything else. I mean, it it it, it coincided with everything tonight, man. It was just a fantastic night of TV pro wrestling, man. Really good stuff here. Love this match, um, Moxley. And Claudio, they lit up top flight early. Some corner strikes. Moxley drove uh, his chin into Darius's head, raked his back. Uh, they were going at it. Strong style here. Dante made a hot tag. Ran wild with a drop kick. Standing moonsault for a two. Dante then tried a uh, back-and-forth battle with fists against Sean Moxley. He lost that very quickly before Darius clipped his leg out. Top flight took over. Went to a commercial break. Moxley was uh, being worked over during the entire break. Hit a front suplex on Darius. That allowed Claudio to make a hot tag. He came running in with uppercut after uppercut. That set the crowd wild. Uh, back and forth, corner to corner. Darius put a stop to his brother uh, being destroyed here. Uh, and then the giant swing happened. And we had Darius in the giant swing. And Dante was doing uh, uh, jumping jacks. Over the swing for a little bit. Stopped Claudio from doing the swing. He got the move instead. Dante was leaping over uh, his brother, like I said, to get Claudio to break the hold. And then Top Flight tried a double suplex, but Claudio powered them both over instead. And we got uh, back and forth here until Moxley broke things up with everyone down. We got a big This Is Awesome chant. Dante avoided a pop-up uppercut. Hit double super kicks on Claudio. Dante hit a dive on Moxley while Darius connected with a one-man Spanish fly on Claudio for a two-count. Darius blocked another uppercut, followed into a backslide, but Claudio rolled through into a neutralizer, and Darius kicked out. So we got anvil elbows on Darius. That left Darius unconscious. He was dead weight at that point. Moxley planted Dante with a paradigm shift on the concrete on the outside. 
Darius threw one desperation shot. This pissed off Claudio. He took his mouth guard out, hit a huge European uppercut, knocked him out completely. One, two, three, and the Blackpool Combat Club win in what I thought was a very good match. And Top Flight is in there against two world champions. Uh, do not take anything away from them. I thought they did excellent tonight. They did. Um, they had a fantastic showing. Um, you see that, you know, uh, Mox and Claudio had to, you know, they gave them a little acknowledgement at the end there, and, you know, to let them know, hey, you know, not trying to, like, you know, put you over here, but that match was a lot harder than I anticipated. So I'm going to give you a little nod. You know, this is... As much as as much as they could do, given their gimmick, because like Mox always said, you know, if you're in the ring with me, I don't respect you. You know, fuck you. I'm gonna kick your ass. But after this match, he's like, God damn, yeah, these guys are pretty damn good, man. You know, and they gave him that little nod of approval. It, it was the best you're gonna get from Moxie, short of a you know a straight up handshake and a hand raise. That was basically his version of it for these guys. And Top Flight looked good, man. I mean, Hopefully they can stay healthy this time and get a good serious run with these two guys at, at some point. So. I was going to say, I mean, if they could stay healthy in 2023, they could be the 2023 version of the acclaimed. Yeah. No, I easily agree with that. Yes. Moving on, Renee Paquette was backstage with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. They were with Orange Cassidy and the best friends. Sabian said he eliminated Cassidy in the Battle Royal, so he wants an All-Atlantic Championship match. But Trent chimed in and said, well, I eliminated Sabian, so by all accounts, I should get the title shot instead. Orange Cassidy then said, sure, and granted Trent a title match on Rampage, so it will be the battle of the best friends on Rampage for the All-Atlantic Championship. Sabian said, you know, I was going to protest this, but I'll gladly watch this happen, and then, you know, I'll get my championship match when this is all over. So he's looking to pick the fucking pieces against whoever, you know, wins this match and then get a championship match after it's all over. But what do you think Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic title? Nobody Not cares. interested. Nobody cares. No. Not at all, man. Sorry. Orange Cassidy seems to be defending that title quite a lot on Rampage. He is. I mean, and I mean... I can't say the guy's not trying. They they are he's making an effort to get this title put over, but I'm not sure if it's gonna work on Orange Cassidy or not. Um just because of of this just of his 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 style, maybe that's it. You know, I mean it's hard to it's hard to but like this. How do you how do you try to uh care about a title on someone whose whole gimmick is to not care? It's a good you know point. What I'm it's a good point. You know, like he doesn't care. And like, it's like, yeah, all right, I'll defend it against you. Ah, maybe you too. Let's see. You know, it's, 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 it's a stretch from, it's a difference from someone cutting a promo. This intercontinental title means the world to me. It's everything to me. It's why I live. And if we get orange, like, yeah, I'll defend it against you. Now it's, it's his gimmick, man. He's staying true to his gimmick, but if, feels a little weird to try to get invested in him loving a title so much when it doesn't feel like he loves anything. If that makes any sense, you know, I'm interested in the title, but the title had no momentum before he even got it. So I'll give him that much too. Yeah. It seemingly looks like TK put the title on him, which was a dead title to begin with just to give him a championship run. Because he, you know, TK loves Orange Cassidy. Orange is it, awesome, man. He's great. I love Orange Cassidy. I think he's tremendous. Also, and someone that should be getting Wrestle of the Year votes. He's had a tremendous 
2022. Uh, he's been in there. Everybody that's been in there, he just has a, a banger match. That's, you know, especially Will Ospreay, Pack guys like that. He knows when he, when he wants to show up, he'll show up. Yeah. But as far as the title, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who takes the title off of Orange Cassidy. There's, there's, there's some names that I'd love to see get a championship opportunity with that championship. Maybe make something of it. I like the premise of the championship. I like the vibe of the championship. But I just feel like putting it on Orange Cassidy is just in some holding pattern, and it's not really going anywhere. And defending it against Trent, I mean, yeah. it just devalues the whole the whole reason for the title to me. It, it, you it's know, interesting, the dynamic to see these two friends have a match, but at the same time, like we talked about weeks ago, what is the so what is the direction of this title? What was the purpose of it? And we were like, oh, it's an international type title, you know, defended against in other promotions or other nationalities. It's just literally just another title. It's just another title. Somebody would, like Takeshita would be perfect for this title. If he's AEW, I know it means nothing, but someone like that can make the title mean something. I think we have to make the title mean something before we put it on someone who just signed with the company and expect him to elevate it. I mean, he'll ele- he'll elevate it through his in-ring work, bro. I think it'd be more impactful if he won a title that already meant something. Now, you put the title on someone who has established name value and hope that they can elevate the title, but if it doesn't work, you can't put it on someone who's trying to get over himself. I ain't trying to get himself and the title over. It's really Listen, I don't, I don't know what's going on with this Miro situation. I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing a lot of things about Miro. You know, Lana said things that, uh, you know, are very, you know, like, what the fuck? So I can't blame Tony Khan for not wanting to push Miro. Uh, Miro didn't really deny any of the rumors uh, about what's going on with him. I don't know if he's somebody that is difficult to work with. I I, I don't know. We don't know anything. But if Miro, if Miro really gave a shit about his stance in AEW, really gave a fuck about AEW, and he yeah. he believed in him and how great he is, and you know gave a shit about the fans who want to see him on TV, you know I honestly think Miro beating Orange Cassidy for the championship and then holding that championship, doing something with it, building it through his fucking redeemer gimmick, and then. Losing it to somebody like Takeshita, bro, that, that would be that would be a fucking banger match. Now that would do it. Now that Miro is someone that has proven that he can get a title over. Yes. So he put that title on Miro, and I hold. I would expect it. I would wholeheartedly believe that that title will finally mean something. Um, give him a few months. So if that's the case, sure. But Miro's not. Miro's not on TV. And well, he's not on TV because apparently the rumors said that he didn't want to lose. Like, what the fuck well, are you doing in AEW if you don't want to lose? Like, who the fuck are you? Look, I'm not going to get into why he's not on TV, but there's clearly some kind of underlining issue going on. Something. And there's sides to every story. Let's wait and see what comes out. But there is something going on. with what. Be, there's no reason anymore for Miro to not be in the ring other than something that we might yes, not be Yes, where is Bandito? Didn't Bandito sign with AEW? Where the fuck did he go? I think Bandito was signed to AEW. To keep uh, him away plan- from Triple H. With, well, with plans to <laughs> have him with Andrade. Yeah. And then Andrade got his ass suspended. Now they don't know what to do with Bandito now. I mean, TK's had just a string of bad luck, man. And how long is this suspension for Andrade? What are we doing here? Well, Andrade Torres Peck, so he's going to be out. Are you Torres Peck? Yes, okay. yes. He, he, he confirmed on our Instagram, he Torres Peck. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's no longer suspended. He's just out with injury now. 
But he's he, I mean, I, we don't know what the fuck's going on with him either. We don't know if he's somebody that people want to work with. Is he, is he a hardhead backstage? Is he refusing to lose? We don't know. You know, we're only making assumptions. We don't know. But why, why are they there to help the young company and then they don't want to fucking do work for the young company? I don't understand that. Like, you were never, you were never some big shot in WWE and neither was yeah. Miro. So, like, what the fuck are you doing there? It sounds like Miro might be a little bit gun shy. You know, when you when you go to a shelter and you, you know, adopt a a, a rescue dog, you know, that dog kind of gets a little gun shy if it's coming from a home that that abused him. So Miro's coming from WWE where he was just mistreated. So now he comes over here and it's supposed to be a fresh new beginning and he's too gun shy. He's scared that he's going to be buried or taken advantage of or misused. So maybe he's turning down shit because he's scared of the outcome or scared to take an L when you're in a company where the fans want to see you work. So if, and this is if these rumors are true, if you're asked to take an L, I don't think an L is the end of the end of the world for your gimmick right now in this company and in, in your current run. No. So, but who knows? Like I said, maybe there's more to the story, man. We will see. Hopefully we see him back on TV, but uh, with his wife making comments like, uh, oh, we'll just end up back in WWE anyway. I mean, I can't blame fucking Tony Khan for not wanting to book him. I mean, I'd do the same thing. So, yeah. We got Hook. He took care of uh, some local indie jobber, Balaam Lynx, in one minute. Red rum for the quick submission. <laughs> Basically, all it. That's all it was. Post match, Stokely, Lee Moriarty, and uh, Big Bill. <laughs> Big Bill came to the ring and they trash talk Hook and compared him to Southwest Airlines. With all the uh, holiday cancellations as of uh, as of today, all, over twenty five hundred flights canceled. It's amazing. But, what, but why? Inclement weather, uh, staffing issues. Uh, I don't know. Now, I can I can see them getting shit for staffing or computer issues, but why are you giving them shit for canceling flights for bad weather? The people are alive, bro. Bad weather. I know Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch missed the WWE house shows in. Uh, Wherever they were. Madison Square Garden had some delays, too. There, there were some talents that didn't make the MSG holiday tour. I don't know. Yeah, we had a serious storm that swept from the Midwest to the fucking East Coast, man. Yeah, we got, uh, we I mean, the, the, we didn't get any snow out here, thank Christ. But, uh, oh, I mean, my, oh. no, no snow, thank God. I can't stand snow, man. My, my fucking car, uh, my car gives up in fucking rain. Never mind fucking <laughs> snow. Um, oh, but, uh, but it was, it, bro, it was... As cold as I ever remember it being, man. I walking yeah. home from the train, coming home from the gym um, last week. Holy shit! Was what, what was the crazy. temperature out by you, bro? I think it was like fucking four degrees out here. Four? That's a heat wave. We <laughs> legit dropped. To, <laughs> we legit, not even kidding. We dropped to negative twelve without wind chill. Jesus Christ! Negative twelve at one point. No snow. I hate the fucking snow. Ugh, All I wanted for Christmas, snow. bro, was a palm tree and a cold beverage, man, with eighty degree weather. Yeah, yeah, that ain't happening. My wife and kids are going to Florida uh, in two days, though. They really? Get the palm trees. And, yeah, they're going. To and you're going to be home. I'm going to be home, man. All by yourself. On vacation, like Macaulay fucking Culkin, bro. Home alone. Home alone. I'm going to Tennessee next Thursday. Why? What the fuck is wrong with you? I've never been to Tennessee. Going for the weekend. Never been to Zimbabwe. I have no fucking urge to go there. I either. will be visiting the Jack Daniels Distillery. Okay. Does it yeah. taste different down there? It's the home of Kentucky bourbon. Okay. I don't know. We're going. 
SmackDown review next week, by the way, folks, in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Look in at Tennessee. that. In Tennessee. Look at that. Taking the venue with me. Um, anyway, Hook, we got Big Bill. Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, made uh, the save, took out Moriarty with uh, Big Bill in the Let's ring stop. with Hook. Let's stop. Calm this fucking guy, Big Bill. <laughs> you know, so, so we... <laughs> We give Vince McMahon so much shit for these ridiculous names he gives people. You see what happens when you give talent the ability to give themselves their own fucking names? We get Big Bill. I mean, <laughs> is it any different than W. Morrissey? It's, that's lame, too. How come nobody is telling this guy that his name is lame, come up with a new one, or reach out for help? Someone had to have told him that Big Bill was a stupid fucking name. Hey, no one told them this shit. Listen, I don't know. Big Bill. <laughs> Congratulations to Big Bill, by the way. He just got engaged to Lexi Nair. No way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Seen it on, uh, I think it was on Twitter, I believe I seen the picture. I don't know if it was on their Instagram or whatnot, but congratulations to them. Happy for them. Nice. Um, okay. So they're in the ring, and, and Jungle Boy made the save. Moriarty took out, uh, or Jungle Boy took out Moriarty, and Big Bill was uh, facing off with Hook. Crowd went crazy when these two were fa- uh, standing face-to-face. Uh, we got a little back and forth here. Bill grabbed uh, Hook by the throat, and then we had Hook, bro, about to fucking T-bone Tazplex Big Bill, and the crowd was about to fucking come unglued, man. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, Jack Perry, after Big Bill grabbed him by the throat again, took a two-by-four and slammed it across Big Bill's back, and then again, and then right in the midsection, and the firm retreated, man. When... Hook, bro, gets that T-bone on Big Bill. The crowd is going to go crazy, man. That is a great little tease for what's to come. I don't know when we're going to get that match, but it seems like a January 11th Rampage-type match. It does. And would I be crazy here to say that I don't know if I want to see Big Bill lose to Hook right now? I mean, because look, I mean, I, I know where Big Bill is on the hierarchy scale and, and what the future of Hook is, but um, Morrissey is, it seems to be someone that they can do something with right now, currently, yeah. in his current form. But if we got him out there jobbing the Hook, I mean, how much more can we do? You know what I'm saying? Look, I know the goal is to get Hook over, and there's plenty of guys we can throw at Hook, but I don't know if we should feed Morrissey the Hook. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah, we can, I we mean, can, we can do something with him. I I think this is a beginning feeling out phase for uh, Morrissey. Uh, I, I think he's tremendous. I think he's got a great look. Um, he could definitely be molded into a solid Lance Archer, like big guy, yes. you know, on AEW's roster or, or somewhere, somewhere that could fit in that type of realm. But yes. right now, I mean, I, I can't really get invested in who he's with. Stokely's great, but like being paired with Moriarty, bro, I mean... Who the fuck? Who cares? Not working. No. I mean, it's just lame. But but the tag team of Jungle Boy and Hook, though, I mean, that is intriguing. I don't know where they're going with that, but uh, I'm interested to see the, 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 the dynamic here because Hook doesn't say much of anything, and Jungle Boy, you know, has been very animated as of late coming out of that Christian Cage Luchasaurus feud. So it's going to yes. be a little interesting of a dynamic. Yeah, I would, I, 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 loved, I would love to see, especially after seeing this dynamic tonight with Morrissey, I would love to see the dynamic with with um, Jungle Boy and Cage and Luchasaurus, and then when Hook jumps into the frame to, to back him up, you know what I'm saying? That, I think I think that's a whole different, it's a whole other different set of things we can do with Hook 
as far as exposing him and getting him out there and everything. Like I, I love it. I, I love it. I love everything they're doing with Hook from beginning to where we are right now. They got him pushed, not too much. Don't overdo it. They're backing up a little bit. They've held off on him, and now they're pushing him a little bit forward. I'm a little worried about this William Morrissey deal. I don't know if I want to see him winning matches like that. That doesn't look like it's structurally possible for him to win. You know, I mean, don't, don't overkill. If you got to protect Morrissey to, to make it look believable, I would rather you do that. Uh, I want to call out something in the chat. I don't even know why I read, why I read the chat. Uh, Mike Vicious. Uh, nothing negative to Mike Vicious, but uh, he says, unpopular opinion. MJF is not a fighting champion. He's getting ring rust every week. He doesn't wrestle. MJF doesn't give a fuck, Mike Vicious. You're Why exactly the type. You're, the, you're exactly the type of fan that he called out when he won the world championship. The fans that are going to go online and complain and hope that he loses the championship. And you're yeah. going to have to get used <laughs> to MJF being the champion for a very, very long he, time because he he's not guy. losing jack shit. And MJF could wrestle fucking seven, eight times a year, and the man is going to be at the top of his fucking game, bro. I don't want to see MJF wrestle two hundred times a year. I don't. No, well, what, well, where are you basing that off of? What, where does it look like MJF is gathering ring rust? I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, MJF and ring rust in the same sentence? What the fuck? I mean, what? We see Roman Reigns wrestle like once. Roman uh, Reigns wrestled seven pay per view <laughs> matches this year. That's exactly what MJF needs to fucking do. I mean, yeah, if he wrestled dude, seven I mean, times this year, I'd be fucking happy. MJF is not here to sell work rate. No, he he has work rate. But he's not here to sell. He's here to he's here to sell his character. He's here to he's here to sell MJF, and he does that. His in ring work is perfectly fine, above average, borderline fucking great. MJF is in a fantastic spot right now. Ain't losing that championship anytime soon. No. no, no. Renee Paquette was backstage with Swerve Strickland and his two new stablemates. Oh. Uh, we had uh, Strickland here. He said, they already know Parker. Do we? I know him. We know him. I know him. Jesse knows him. Does everybody else in AEW know Parker? No, he doesn't. And the other guy, the tatted up fucking guy that looks like he uh, could be in Streets of Rage. No name for a second week. Can't even be bothered to tell us his fucking name. We got to go search for it online. He used to play double A ball, I believe, for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Because of fuck. Really? He, he, He looks like somebody from Scared Street, bro. I mean... He looks like he looks somebody like he that he looks like somebody that should be buying fucking something off of uh, uh, in Breaking Bad. He, off of he looks uh, like Heisen, he just beat Heisenberg. the shit. He's like he just beat the shit out of four teenagers in Scary Street. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks. Like, why? Why is there no name? He's I, I from don't, the Aryan Brotherhood. I, I don't. I don't know why there's no name. Why is it so difficult? Why do we need to wait another week for us to find out on on his name on TV? I don't really get it. I don't know because probably at this point it doesn't matter what his name is. At, at this point, he's just we don't ta- know. tattooed guy. That's all he yeah, is. Yeah, we don't. We don't know him. It's not. We get his name. We don't know him. So now, fine. Now, so now. You've already botched his debut, but now you got to introduce him to us. So just figure something out. You know how Heisenberg would walk into those fucking uh, drug camps, bro, and sell his shit? That's what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Come on, man. Maybe we should have Walter White as his fucking uh, manager. It's a swerve. Um, I don't know, man. Still feeling the same way. I, I'll probably end up being proved wrong with this uh, swerve group, but uh, I'm not feeling it right now. 
The swerve no, is great. I, the I, the uh, you know Parker's uh, he's got the potential to be great. I, I I don't think he got off on the right foot here, but uh, we'll see what happens. No. This stable, this stable with Swerve just looks like Swerve. It, it remind okay, it's like Swerve is super shredder, and these two dudes are fucking bebop and fucking rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they he just got two goons who can't talk or fucking work. To go out there and take an ass whooping or to beat somebody up when Swerve tells him to. And that's so what you're right telling what you're telling me is we need Rob Van Winkle, bro, to start singing uh, ninja ninja rap, right? Basically, yeah, basically, man. Should the they group would be have, Swerve's group would be over. They they should have <laughs> given Swerve private party. Easy, simple. Yes, done. I don't understand Swerve, it. They, we'll see what happens. Their gimmicks, their gimmicks already mesh. These guys love chilling in the club. This guy's a fucking rap mogul. I mean, what the fuck, man? They already, they're already made for each other. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. <laughs> man, listen, man. It's a great serious, fucking movie. Dude. It's a great fucking movie. We got two fucking. Yeah, we got Kevin Nash goons. coming out the end. <laughs> Basically, man. <laughs> Super fucking Shredder will murder any fucking body. But before you do. You gotta do with Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> the greatest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video game of all time, Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time? Don't uh, want to hear anybody say anything else, because you're wrong. I like the original. Bro, like the Nintendo the game, I still never, to this day, beat the Nintendo games, the, the original Nintendo games. Oh, really? Oh, that was good. But How many of you guys actually played the uh, the Street Fighter version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man? The, the fighting game that they had? I thought that was fucking great for Super Nintendo. Nah, I didn't play that one. I got the latest one on PS5. I, I did. I got it too. Yeah, that was, it was awesome. me. And my, me and my kids beat the hell out of that one, man. That was yeah. good. Yeah. Gotta love me some uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That meant Transformers, man. My oh, they need a new Transformers game, man. They need a new one. They need a new one? I gotta they build my new- Optimus Prime Lego. It's sitting downstairs in the fucking box still. <laughs> Can't wait they to haven't do had that. a good... They haven't had a good Transformers game in a long time, man. Well, there hasn't been a good Transformers movie in a long time. Yeah, I'm all right. I mean, come up with your own game. Fuck a movie. Don't even base it on a movie. Just come up with a, a new original game. Nothing beats the 1980s Transformers. Nothing. Nah, nothing. I remember going to see that movie at the movie theater. And I cried when Optimus died. In the no, movie. not me. I, get, I was in a state of shock when I saw a Transformer curse. He said, damn it. I was I was a kid the movie. Did. I still get teary eyed when I, when I see the end of that movie, man. The uh, Transformers movie when Optimus fucking dies and he hands the fucking uh, the, the little thing in his chest to uh, Ultra spark. Magnus. Yeah, the yeah, spark. Yeah, and Galvatron's about to eat the whole fucking world. <laughs> Love it. I had to get a Transformer curse, man. He said, "Damn it!" No, no. Who was the, who was the fucking eat the the planet? Who was who was the the fucking planet eating Transformer? Not Galvatron. Gal- Galvatron was. Uh, a take on uh, Megatron. Megatron. Who who is the yeah. fucking planet eating? I f- yeah, the big the ultra the planet. Tra- I, I thought that was just name, overkill bro. at that point. I mean, that's great. Did a planet transforming? Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. I mean, listen. Good so, stuff. Anyway, um, Enjoy the show. Uh, Elite. We got the trios match here. Oh, uh, uh, Omicron. Yeah, I'm a Unicron. Unicron. Oh, yeah, the Unicron. That's right. Unicron. That's right. That's there right. You go. That's right. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unicron was fucking beast, bro. That's that, that's the type of transformer you want to be, man. If you're gonna fucking be a transformer. So my favorite toys were were the the um the Constructicons. Yes. 
and the aerial bots. Yes. Love the fucking aerial bots, man. Yes. Love them. Starscream is the leader. Oh, it's great. Starscream was my favorite Transformer outside of Megatron, which was always... Yes. Easily. Absolutely. You know, know, funny story about Megatron. I had had the original, original, original Megatron. Now that the fucking thing's going for like $10,000, I've seen it at uh, Comic-Con in New York City. You know how mine got destroyed? Playing with it, and I dropped it down the fucking stairs. Never seen it again. Oh, man. Till this day. To this day, I fucking just hate myself. Because I'm a fucking dumb kid playing with the, oh, look, he's a gun. (laughs) And I fucking dropped the goddamn thing. I didn't realize it was going to be $10,000 in my adult age. Dude, imagine if we kept some of our fucking toys from back in the day and never opened them and just kept them. I may actually have to buy that, bro. You'd be rich. Good luck finding one. We need more Super Chats. Yeah. We got to find Megatron. Get those Super Chats in, guys. Listen, this, uh, this trios match was good shit. I mean, this was... Uh, the sixth match in the trio's best of seven. Uh, this was all over the place. The match started in, in a backstage brawl. They brawled backstage. They used weapons and threw each other into production crates and jumping off of fucking production crates. Crazy stuff. So Nick dove off of folded bleachers onto Penta, crashed through a table, which led to a near fall. They brawled onto the stage. Phoenix leapt off the open of the tunnel. So he was on one of the AEW tunnels and jumped onto uh, the Bucks and both of his tag team partners with a tornado. Uh, Omega landed a flying knee, and they go to commercial break. So Death Triangle put a metal garbage can over Omega and then triple drop kicked him. Big moves, getting the crowd involved here. Crazy crowd in Denver. Omega put the trash can over Pac's head, landed a vicious V-trigger. Gut wrench pack into a doctor bomb onto the trash can. Phoenix and Penta landed a fear factor on Omega at ringside. Phoenix hit a cutter on Matt in the ring and then hit a running flip dive onto Omega and Nakazawa, who was on the outside. Penta set up a pile driver on Nick on the ring apron, but Nick countered with a backdrop. Matt then gave Penta a uh, tombstone pile driver. I believe it was the indie taker they did on the outside for that was a near fall. And uh, that was uh, interrupted by Pack, broke that up. Back in the ring, Bucks double-teamed Penta with the BTE trigger. Pack broke up the count. Pack ducked. So Matt inadvertently super-kicked his brother off the ring apron. Pack then applied the brutalizer. And it was all over here for the elite as, as Matt was about to tap. Meanwhile, he did not. In the crowd, Omega gave Phoenix a one-winged angel off of uh, a platform in the fucking crowd. Threw a table down below. Referee was waiting there. Because of all the chaos that was happening. So we had one referee in the ring with Matt and, and Pac. Another referee with Omega and Ray Phoenix. And then the referee counted Phoenix down one, two, three. And the pinfall happened before Matt actually tapped out. I thought the ending to this was fucking great. It was a uh, buzzer beater per se. And we got this series, bro, tied 3-3. Very wild, very unique ending uh, exciting ending, and we're going to get the ladder match in two weeks. I can't fucking wait. Yeah, man. I, I have no notes on this match. If I had to pick out something to just critique a little bit, they could have gotten the ending to come a little bit closer. Yeah. You know, it seems like they wanted to make sure they didn't happen, you know, one before the other at the same time. So once once we got the um the pinfall, they could have had, you know, make sure that Matt tapped out a little bit faster. But, I mean, we're dissecting at that point. This was great shit, man. Yeah. This was a fantastic fucking match. I enjoyed all... I like how it started. 
It started right away in the fucking back. And at first I thought, they pre-taped this and just going to put it on? Nope. Then it spilled right out into the ring. Like, oh, no, there we go. They're going with it. Great shit, man. No fucking notes. Um, I, I do want I do want to mention something here in regards to the elites. Uh, this is the only thing I will mention here. I, I have not listened to his podcast yet, but Dax Harwood has a new podcast out. Um, he's he's like an open fucking book uh, on uh, his first episode. Apparently, I'm just reading the transcriptions. Um, he's talking about a lot and being open about a lot. He mentioned Cody Rhodes. I can't wait. I can't wait to work with him very soon. Kind of insinuating that he's going back to WWE because <laughs> that's the only way he can work with Cody Rhodes. I mean, you're gonna get fucking fans talking, which I guess. Is the whole? I mean, these people do it strategically. They do it on purpose because they want yes, you to talk do. about what they're doing. Yes. They do. So you know, he's been on record saying, I, "I hope, I hope and pray that the elite and, and Punk work it out. They do business. They make money together. At the end of the day, you know, whether you side with the elite, whether you side with Punk, I think at the end of the day, we all want Punk back to work this out with the elite. I know there has been. I seen something tonight where. Uh, something was mentioned on Instagram and Punk was in the comment section saying, duh, about Dax wanting everybody to work it out. I yeah. mean, that's just Punk being Punk. It could be a work. It could be a, It could be something that's worked out. They're keeping it hush-hush. We don't fucking know. That's the beauty of pro wrestling. But the part I want to really hone in on, and this is something that Jesse actually had brought up uh, a while ago. This is well before Punk won the world championship. Dax, Jesse, said Punk didn't want the AEW world championship. He did not want to be AEW world champion. He says, and I quote, to be honest, he told me when they were going to put the belt on him, he didn't want the belt. He said, I just want to have fun. But he understood why Tony was putting the belt on him and what it would do with AEW, you know, and bring AEW to a new and better light. So he took it, but grudgingly a little bit, he took it. He took the belt. At the time, he was t taking me, Cash, Max, Wardlow, so many other guys. I'm missing so many other guys. Hobbs taking us all out to eat, taking us out to dinner, always paying for it, inviting my wife to come along. She came along and my daughter. He would always take us to nice restaurants. He was paying for it, not just me, but to all the people. He might not want me to tell you this, but I'll take the heat if he doesn't. He bought all the girls in the locker room Starbucks gift cards and had one of the girls hand them out anonymously. It didn't say who they were from, but it was from him just because he loved the atmosphere, and he loved being there. He also loved the work the girls were putting in. He thought they were busting their ass to try and get the attention that the WWE's women's division was getting. Sounds like Punk wasn't the, according to Dax anyway, sounds like Punk was not the locker room cancer that we all had read from uh, the Melchers and the Saps of the pro wrestling world, bro. And Dax says he didn't want the world championship, something that you said was probably not even necessary for CM Punk. It wasn't necessary. It really, it really wasn't. They did not need Punk to have that damn title. So, um, I don't know if this is all true or not. You know what? You know what Dax is saying. You know if if it is, then why didn't he speak up about it? If he didn't want the title, then say it. You know, and repeat it and urge it. I mean, apparently he's a fucking you know, uh, a uh, uh, CEO or whatever, and he's in management or what? What the over the fuck not? Or they tried to hide it or cover it up. But nonetheless, if he didn't want it. He didn't need it. Why did we do it? Why did we do it? And seemingly, you know, if he's such a great guy, you know, in the locker room with everyone else, then why did he upstage everyone in the entire company with his antics at that fucking media scrum? I don't know. He upstaged and 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 he's he completely obliterated everything, everything that 
those men and women did at All Out. I don't think Dax would spread false information, though. I don't think he would either. Um, but at the same time, handing out Starbucks gift cards does not make up for burning down the entire company in a media scrum. <laughs> I'm saying that's not listen, man. Listen, you're gonna buy me with a fucking nice Irish cream cold brew, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you're gonna need. You want to put a smile on some, my face? You buy me a fucking coffee, bro. I'm good to go. You, you need a little bit more than some frappuccinos <laughs> and and some and some you know and some you know you know fucking Denny's <laughs> to make up for what you did at that media scrum, man. But no one's saying he's the devil. I'm just saying. And most of us are just saying he made a bad choice on that night. That's it. Anything else that he said and done in the company, not saying it's true or not true or great or not great, but his actions on that particular night were really, really bad. Could it have have been all the work? Maybe. But that's the beauty of it. You never know. What kind of work would prompt you to want to keep your three top guys off of television for months? I just said maybe, possibly. (laughs) We don't know. We don't know, bro. I mean, you got to take some risks, you know? The injury Um, happened, too. He was legitimately injured, which kind of fucked up everything. But it would have been interesting if he didn't get hurt and then they suspended him and where he would be now. Yeah. The injury really, really set things back. Just think about that. If he was not injured and on the shelf for nine months, where the fuck would CM Punk be right now? Would he be there? Would he be fired? You know? We don't know. We don't know. We'll find out. Come... The spring, summer of 2023. Going to be a very interesting year for AEW. Jericho. Posted, yeah, oh, posted 15 minutes ago. Um, an unbelievable athlete who has collected accolades and held championships across the globe. And he is just getting started. The next chapter of Dragon Lee's career begins with NXT. Triple H. Huh. There you go. There you go, Triple H. The man himself, Paul Levesque, mentioning it. That's the official. Yeah, that's it. Man. Will did he did he post a picture? Nah, it, it, it's a video clip of him, um, like saying about a Dragon Gate. Looks like I wonder what they're gonna do with Dragon Lee and NXT. Maybe they'll have him feud with uh, the uh, fake smoking guns down there. I don't. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the creative down there at NXT is fucking atrocious. What the fuck you want him down there for? I don't know. I would just bring him right up to the main roster and put him with Legato Del Fantasma. Yeah, really? <laughs> just right away, man. Just put him in, a, in an element where he would blend in. Chris Jericho. He was in a backstage promo. He said, uh, Action and Andretti made the mistake of a lifetime by turning down the offer of joining the Jericho Appreciation Society. He said Andretti has the confidence of a superstar, but he lacks the tools. He told him to enjoy the highlight of his career and go back to the Indies and stay out of his face. He said, he is a wizard. And he will show Ricky Starks the deep end and bring him back next week on Dynamite. And next week, the Ricky Starks experiment ends. Jericho's a wizard, bro. I just want you to know. Just in case you forgot, bro, he's a wizard. Goddamn wizard, man. We got Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Sanjay Dutt. Bro, listen, they're not on the show tonight, bro. I have to mention them because they were the uh, casualties of a... Five whiskey shot, Max Caster promo. So good. Rap battle, fucking rap, whatever you want to call it. I want to play. I want to play it here for you guys. You'll see our reactions uh, live. Hopefully, this comes through. Hopefully, I got everything lined up here. I got it queued up here. We're gonna I don't play. Think I'm gonna be able to hear it, man. Well, you gotta watch the live stream then. Okay. 
But uh, everybody's going to be able to hear it. This is the rap because uh, I-, I thought this was easily Max Caster's best rap. And Jesse can attest to that because he said the same thing. This was Max Caster's best rap to date about Jeff Jarrett, mostly aimed at Jarrett and how he was never over and how he is married to Kurt Angle's ex-wife and how Jay Lethal is uh, basically a jobber who stole Macho Man's gimmick. So this is uh, Max Caster and the acclaim rapping on Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. A lot of people want to know what you doing on our show When you haven't been relevant since 2004 Spending my days working hard on the go Yo, it's platinum on the mic, going hard on these hoes Hey, double J, you a double A, ho Really thinking you could be the claim? No, not to have you tapping like a Morse code I stay scheming like I'm global force gold You're a carny, ripping people off every minute Gizet is off, Mizad is it, is it The king of the mountain for this ass whooping The last outlaws, last match, last booking Slap you so hard till my palms hurt You're the worst Jeffrey since Dahmer Feeling upwards is just your way of life And you stealing money like it's Kurt Angle's wife R-A-S-S-L-E, wrestler Couldn't draw a dime in my time, you a bastard You're a carny, Jeff, you're the master The acclaim, we always get the last word I pimp slap you, turn your hat backwards I'ma have you seeing stars like a password Still here in 2020, what? That is absurd Got me laughing at you so hard, make my abs hurt Wait, what do we have here? This Ring of Honor's top guy from their bad years. Jay Lethal's only known for imitating dudes. 20 year veteran and no one's imitating you. Lost to Flair, he was 74. By the way, Jay, my elbow is better than yours. I got over, I ain't have to copy macho. When I'm on the top rope, you're in TNA so long. You got Stockholm Syndrome, split you like a wishbone. Jared, I'ma slap these nuts on your chin bone. Carry the guitar, can't play one lick. Only thing that you stroke is your little ass. R-A-S-S-L-E, wrestler Couldn't draw a dime in my time, you a bastard You're a carny, Jeff, you're the master The acclaim, we always get the last word Uh, uh, Listen, listen, I I enjoyed that tremendously Uh, But Jesse has some uh, reservations about the acclaimed And why they're not on TV as much as they were as of just a couple of weeks ago, bro Uh, This is great but they need to be on TV in live action, in person. Uh, you said something before the show uh, that they are baby faces. They were incredibly over. And now they seemingly have been taken off television, put into this feud with Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. Nobody really understands why. They're better than this. We don't want to see Jeff Jarrett on fucking TV wrestling for the tag team championships. Is this going to do to the acclaimed that? We talked about earlier with Wardlow and the situation with him. Are they are they trending in the same direction here? Yes. Same thing with Wardlow. Same thing with Thunder Rosa. Same thing with Tony Storm. Same thing with anyone who chases to become a champion in AEW. Soon after they become champion, they start to fall off. They start to fall off. The booking slows down. The momentum slows down. The heat starts to go away. And things start to get just kind of stale. And I don't understand why. I just don't get it, man. The acclaim were white hot and fucking rolling and they were fucking doing great shit. They became champion. That's what we wanted. Great. What the fuck are they doing now? 
You know, it seems like they've already it seems like they've already lost their hunger for what they do. I mean, they're doing backstage promos, great. They're doing videos, great. That's shit that they, that they normally do. But where's the so where's the where are the thirsty tag teams for that type for those titles that they have? How come no one's straight coming at them? I mean, we had FTR. Okay, it was good. We had Swerve and Keith Lee. Okay, that was good. Um, but that that feud seemed to only be um put there to uh to to facilitate the Keith Lee and Swerve storyline. It was it really had much less to do with the acclaim. The acclaim with Daddy Ass and the Ass Boys was the last real feud that they were involved in. That's gone, and now they're just there dealing with Jeff fucking Jarrett, and I, I don't like it. I just don't like they it. They need dude. to build up their tag team division again. They do. I don't know what happened, happened to that so tag team division. Off. This happened so often. See, look, look. MK says I'm reading too much into it. It's happened more often than not. All right, but I'm reading too much into it. Think about it, man. AEW has a terrible track record of getting people that are incredibly over, putting them on uh, on TV as champion, and then doing nothing with them. Yeah. It's not it's not Jesse reading too much into it. It, it, it is a Ooh. fucking disease. They, they and, fall and, off. Like, look how hot they were going into Grand Slam, winning the championships, and wrestling Swerve and Keith Lee for the championships. It was a hot tag team feud. It was built out of nothing, and they turned it into gold. And now they're wrestling Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I'm sorry, I can't fucking bring myself to care. No, it it, it just it just feels like they're just waiting because because the Gun Club, you know, the Ass Boys, they're still hovering around, you know, being showcased, not really doing too much. It just looks like they're gonna come back and circle around and have the um the whole daddy ass thing go full circle again. It's, it's otherwise, what are they doing? What are they doing? They're in a feud with 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 Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. They are not going to lose to these guys. So why are we spending so much time on this feud? The tri- you know they're not losing to them. The trios division is the new tag team division. Basically. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Hopefully, hopefully uh, the Acclaim can write their ship. Uh, obviously, we're leading into uh, an Acclaimed Ass Boys feud, right? So I don't know where we go from there. I mean, I don't think the Ass Boys are ready for that type of you know, feud yet for the tag team championships. No. The acclaim may be tag team champions for a while because I can't see anybody in that company right now that is in contention for those titles to take the titles off of the acclaim. No, and- the the only way, and I'm, I'm I, I hate to put this out there in the world, but the only way to bring any kind of major interest right now to the acclaim in this title run would be to have them, um, drop the titles. I'm, I'm talking like a hot shot drop to a hot fucking heel tag team, yeah. and then screw, screw the acclaim over and give them something else to chase for. You know, a house of black come in and just screw them over, completely dick them over out of their titles, and you know, get fucking heat in the process. And then yeah, it'd be nice to see the chase for them to come back. But I don't want to see them lose the title. I want to see them get a good run in. I don't want to. There's too many title changes in this company. Man. Yeah, now more than likely it's just uh, a, a detour feud for them. So I, I hope this is uh, in and out, and we get on uh, to something a little bit more important with with yeah. the acclaimed. Uh, Tay Mello and Anna Jay against Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. This went about ten minutes. Uh, Jay hit Willow with a pump kick. All four ladies were down. Crowd seemed to enjoy this up until this point. Uh, ref stopped Anna Jay from using a chair. Aubrey uh, Edwards used uh, the chair or stopped the, the chair from being used by Anna Jay against Willow. 
Uh, Melo snuck in on the opposite side and threw a chair at Ruby Soho and then kicked it at her. Uh, Ruby looked like a complete moron, just holding up the chair for uh, what seemingly looked like two seconds or so. You just take I'm the chair glad and throw someone it away. Second. I'm glad someone else saw that. Uh, I mean, she just stood there with the fucking chair for more. If you're holding the chair for more than a fucking millisecond and you don't know what the fuck is coming next, you're a complete idiot. I'm sorry. To, uh, and, just, and, and she's just holding it there. And Aubrey Edwards, I mean, it's Tay fumbled with the fucking chair, kicking it out of the ring. I don't know how Aubrey didn't see her fumbling with a fucking foreign object. I mean, this was a mess. Just a mess. Um, so Mello hits Ruby with the chair and then hits Ruby with the Tay KO for the win. And then Mello gave the crowd the middle fingers at the end, and the Jericho Appreciation Society wins the match. Hey, remember when, you know, Jamie Hayter and... Hey, Karushita had a banger Karushita made of had a great match. I know, where were they? Where were they? I don't know. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Brett. Happy holidays, Brett. How you doing? Happy holidays. Everybody in the Britt Baker camp. I just like saying hi to Brittany. Um, and yet people are still asking for tag team championships. <laughs> oh man! Wow, man! Such exhilarating action, like uh, like what we saw tonight, man. Everybody wants fucking tag team champion. Give me a fucking break, tag team championships. Yes, because the All Atlantic Championship is fucking on fire right now in AEW. Right? How many fucking championships do we need? Until they can figure this shit out with the women, just give me Hater and Sheeta every week. That's it. Twenty minutes every week. That's all I want to see. Listen, I, I I don't know who the mystery woman is. We got two weeks. If it ain't Mercedes, I'm gonna need an announcement next week. Okay. If it ain't Mercedes, and you guys show up in Los Angeles with Tony Storm or Thunder Rosa, goodbye. It's gonna be another Christian Cage situation. Yes, man. it is. Yes, it is. Anyway, Renee interviewed Ricky Starks backstage. He said he's getting revenge on behalf of Action Inch ready for the fireball incident. Starks told Jericho he is a star. He can't control, and he doesn't like that. He says he's not going to end the Starks experiment because there was never an experiment, and next week he will be a master class, or it will be a master class on how to whip Jericho's ass. He says he has a big mouth and a bad attitude, and he's going to take Jericho down several notches, and that match is booked for Seattle. And we got a glimpse of the new... Uh, AEW graphics and the color scheme for Dynamite in 2023 as they showed the graphic for Jericho and Ricky Starks. Looks a little uh, Raw vs. SmackDown-esque, bro, if you ask me. <laughs> I guess that's Mike Manzary, bro. I guess uh, I guess that's the influence of him there. Look, Bringing a little WWE just, to uh, AEW. Look, if you like me, you don't like change. I don't like change. So any change that they gave me but a layout of AEW, I probably would have huffed it. So let's give it some time. We'll listen, every, listen I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, me, you, everybody's going to be like, hey, it's, it's a look, it looks a little, looking a little too polished. there. Look, looking a little too yeah. gritty. Um, where's the grittiness of Dynamite? But, you know, fans will complain about it. People like me and you will complain about it. The community will complain about it. And then fucking two months from now, it's not even going to be a thing. Fucking forget about it. It's going to be yeah. a non-issue. Yeah. Main event, Samoa Joe, Wardlow, TNT Championship in the main event. Finally, we got the TNT title in the main event on a Dynamite, and I enjoyed this. I did not like the beginning stages of this match. It picked up gradually through the, uh, through the ending of the match. Wardlow came into this with an injured, banged-up knee because of Samoa Joe on the lead pipe earlier. 
Wardlow initially did not make his entrance. Joe got on the mic to trash talk Denver until Wardlow limped to the ring and attacked Joe to start the match. Joe immediately went after the bad leg, which was the right thing to do, and walked into a spine buster and some punches by Wardlow. Joe fought back with a urinage. Wardlow responded with a lariat, some corner strikes. Joe hit a nasty-looking knee breaker, sent Wardlow to the outside, and the doctors checked on Wardlow during the commercial break. Wardlow smacked away the doctors, and Joe knocked him to the floor again, and he was nearly counted out. Joe counted, or Joe rather, continued to uh, pick apart the bad leg of Wardlow, and Wardlow fought off a superplex at a senton atomic off the top. Could not capitalize on it, though. We got uh, fists being thrown between these two guys. Wardlow hit a snap German, a couple of them, connected with a whisper in the wind, uh, and he uh, did it on a bad leg, so that's Wardlow for you. Wardlow hit a big King Kong lariat. Joe answered with a leg sweep, which looked beautiful. Joe tried for a superplex again. Wardlow slid out, hit a powerbomb, weak-looking powerbomb, but a powerbomb. Wardlow tried for the powerbomb symphony, but he crumbled and the knee le- uh, gave out. Joe hit a chop block and locked in the rear naked choke. And that was it. Joe was uh, there with the submission hold on him, and Wardlow fell unconscious to Samoa Joe, and Joe retained the title. Post-match, Wardlow got to his feet. Joe stared at him. I thought there was going to be like a shaking of the hands or something here. Nope, 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 nope. Joe hit him with the titles, knocked him out, pulled out some scissors from underneath the ring in a toolbox and cut his man bun off. And Joe is standing in the ring holding the title and Wardlow's hairpiece in the ring. And then all of a sudden, Darby Allen's music hit. He stands behind Joe, comes from the crowd, and hit him with the skateboard. And Joe was sent up the ramp as Allen held the TNT title up as the show came to a close. So, I alluded to this early when we started the show. It was extremely cringe watching Wardlow sail that fucking leg in this match. Why? He sold the leg. It just looked so non-believable. I don't know what to fucking say. It Again, maybe it was just me. But I did not believe for a good goddamn second that he was hurt. I mean, it, I'm not looking for an Academy Award type performance. It just did not look like he would hold the leg, hold the leg, the leg is hurt, whisper in the fucking wind. Ah, then the leg hurts again. It just it it was just so cringe trying to watch him sell that fucking leg injury. He it did just, the whisper was, in the wind and then he tried to sell the, the knee coming down off the whisper in the wind. Like he stuttered coming down. Like you shouldn't even be able to fucking climb the top rope to even do the whisper in the wind. Right. When he came down on it, I see a little the little twing in the in the leg. Yeah. But he was already the leg was already hurt before that. He was still he was selling it before that. Listen, I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with the way that they handle this thing. I, I do think that Wardlow is, is in a rebuilding phase right now, and I think Tony Khan's trying to make up for all the lack of Wardlow and the attention Wardlow has received after that MJF feud. It may be too little too late. I hope not. Uh, we're big fans of Wardlow here. I think Wardlow has uh, the makings of, you know, I know a lot of people compare him to Batista when he was in Evolution. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I, it's not even right to even put him in that discussion because that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You're never going to be the next Batista you know, it's tough to be the next Batista. He's got the opportunity to uh, with the right booking and creative. It all starts with that. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't really see, like, Samoa Joe is doing great work right now. Why would you even contemplate now? Yeah. not. I mean, Revolution may be okay because it's March 5th. 
But right now, between now and then, I'm not taking the title off Samoa Joe. I'm not putting it on Darby in Seattle for a make good fucking Seattle homecoming. I'm not putting it on Wardlow. Joe is so fucking good right now, it would be a crime to take any title off of him. Agreed. 100% agreed. Joe was killed. Joe is where I wish Wardlow was. So, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break Joe trying to fix Wardlow. So I agree. Leave Joe alone. I mean, Joe needs to drop one of those titles. I would prefer he gets away from ROH and just stick to the uh, the AEW side of things with the TNT title. But nonetheless, Joe is doing great things right now. I don't want to see anything change about that. I would, I want to see Wardlow do better. All right, that's all I'm saying about Warlow. I want to see him do better things um, because I like Warlow. I love the run he was on. I love the buildup that we that got us to the point where we were happy, and now we're all not happy because the booking has fallen off. I don't think anyone would ever dispute that. TK himself, I don't think anyone, anyone would ever dispute that his momentum has drastically gone down, and I just want to see it get back up. You know, I, I want to say uh, M. Casp in the chat. He says Jesse's takes are thumb down, thumbs down tonight. I, I'm sorry. What did Jesse say that was a thumbs down that you did not agree with? I mean, if you're going to say something like that, you need to elaborate on why. You just can't say it. someone's takes are a thumbs down and then not give me a fucking reason as to why you think someone's takes are thumbs down. What did Jesse I, say that was a thumbs down take? I feel like every week one of your fucking fans had to stick up their ass for me. Like, I don't understand it. What, what was the thumbs-down take on, on Wardlow and Samoa Joe? I mean, why would you disagree with anything that we said? Very bizarre. Uh, it, it, it is. <laughs> it, everything I say, that's wrong. That's a bad take. Very you, bizarre. I mean, Jesus Christ, bro. What, the, what is wrong with your people, man? Uh, I don't know. He's not even, he's not a VIP. He's not my fucking people. I don't know. He's just some random scraggler that walked in here. Nice. Holy it shit. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me on the podcast with Jesse tonight near 2,000 in the chat. I appreciate you all. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got 700 likes. I would love if we could get close to 1,000. It helps us out in the algorithm. Thank you to everybody that's chimed in with the Super Chats. We're going to read them in just a second. Memberships are open. We got four new members tonight. And I appreciate you all. If you want to become a channel member, VIP, hit that join button. I have a business call next week with my boys over at Deviate Designs. Jade Cargill has now pushed me to get my mother's basement as an extension of the OTS venue. Thank you, Jade. Yes. Thank you, Jade. And you're going to get a nice beverage in honor of you right into the menu on the venue. That is fucking awesome. Love it. (laughs) Going to be great. Going to be great, man. There's going to be two scenes. We're going to really up the production value on 2023, man. You're going to get you're going to get me. I'm actually going to get out of my seat during the during the podcast, man. We're going to be behind the bar. I'm going to be serving drinks in the venue. There we go. I'm going to be no, I'm going to be fucking standing behind face. the bar and then we're going to be sometimes you never know where we're going to be, man. We're going to be in the regular venue. We're going to be in your mother's basement. We're going to be doing the super chats in my mother's basement. It's going to be great, man. That is fucking great. It's going to be great. Can't <laughs> that is fucking great. Can't wait. We just got to come up with a drink for Jade that really fits the mood. And somewhere there'll be Easter eggs, man. Maybe I'll do uh, the one in 40, what was it? What is it, 47 now? What, what is it, 45? I don't know. I got to go back to what it was when she got that L. Oh, yeah. It was on I Halloween. It was 42, I think. What was, what was, somebody, somebody researches me. What is, what was Jade's record around Halloween when I gave her the one in 40 wins? 41 and one, maybe. I don't know. 
Let me know. Significant back-end server uh, architecture changes rolled out. What Twitter should feel faster. Oh, yeah? Says Elon Musk. That's Twitter keeps uh, Twitter kept uh, crashing on me tonight, and uh, Twitter actually logged me out on my PC, and I don't know why. Oh, wow. Don't you hate that shit? I, I hate when I get logged out of an account on a device that I'm always logged in on, because I never remember the fucking password. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't need the password. I'm always logged in. So I get logged out. I'm like, shit, what's the login for that game? Anyway, guys, we're going to go over the Super Chats. Let's start at the top here. We have Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. JD, Jesse, your top five Kenny Omega matches. Three of them is Okada, right? Three of them is Okada. My favorite one is Tag team match with Adam Page and the Young Bucks. Brian Danielson. My, fa- my 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 personal favorite Kenny Omega match is the one with Brian Danielson on. My my personal favorite Kenny Omega match is the safety match with Adam Page, where they defended the titles against the Young Bucks at Revolution. Yeah, that was good too. One of the best safety matches of all time. Uh, Joseph Tell, thank you for five dollars, man. Uh, Michelle Moran with a two dollars super chat. Think Top Flight will join the Blackpool Combat Club? I don't know. It's a possibility. It is a possibility. I don't think I don't think that's a good look for them. Uh, yeah. I just think it's veteran versus. Youngster. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Brown with a 499. What's up, young men? I don't know, Tony, Tony Brown. You got to let us know what you thought of uh, Daddy Doom, Tony Brown. You know Tony Brown is a um, a veteran, man? Yes. He's a fucking war hero, bro. Yes, he is. Shout out to we Tony lo- Brown. We love Tony Brown. Tony Brown is Dr. Booty Meat in the OTS venue. Uh, big gulp with a five dollar super chat. Hope for more Kip on TV. Love his whole character. Also hope for no new theme next week for Dynamite. The current one is perfect. I think the theme is changing, bro. Probably. I think the uh, theme is changing for sure. I do like the original theme. Yeah. Tyler with a one ninety nine. Dragon Lee assigned with WWE. Triple H is the man. We knew that already. We knew that Triple H was the man, and, and Dragon Lee's going to NXT. Fire Marshal Bill with a 99.99 Super Chat. What y'all smoking on, says Fire Marshal. I see what he did there. I see what you did, Fire Marshal Bill. That's a $100 bomb. Thank you, brother. Hopefully your holidays have been merry and your new year, bro. Celebrate. Take it easy and celebrate. Thank you for your support, brother. John Cassandro with a new membership. John, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Thank you so much. Steven Vandelli becomes a new member. I don't know why he's not a member. Vandelli was a member. That's got to be wrong. Uh, Vandelli, thank you for your recommitment to the VIP club. Vandelli's going to be in my mother's basement. Vandelli's in the house, man. Nick Williams. Nick motherfucking Williams. And with a $100 super chat, it's good to be back in the venue after a long break. Match six of the trios match was insane. Kenny Omega's a beast, and JD with that entrance in the Mustang. Dynamite is awesome. I'm ready to stream Final Fantasy XIV this Sunday at 3 p.m. Good to have you back, JD, man. I miss streaming, man. Wrestling sucks in December. Yeah. Especially with no WWE pay-per-view and no pay-per-view in December, man. It's been very lame. Very lame. I got a feeling that match six tonight's match is going to be the best match of the series just because it seems like they're structuring this whole seven match series thing the nba on nbc music 
and the Jordan references. Like they're big fans of the of the Bulls um, big dynasty run. Yeah. And Jordan's and, and his phenomenal playoff games. All of Jordan's best games were in Game Six. It is it's notorious. Like Game Six is what Jordan fucking lights up, lights you up. And Game Seven is just you all fucked up from what Jordan did to you in Game Six. So I, I think I think this is gonna be the best match. It might outshine next uh, the next match. Maybe it won't. We'll see. I'm loving what they did. They changed it up quite nicely, made everybody really invested in what they're doing. Got to love all six guys, man. Love them all. Uh, Matt Eagle, thank you, Nick Williams, with 100 Bomb, man. As always, Happy New Year, brother. Uh, Matt Eagle with a 499. Hoping you and Jesse had a great holiday, J.D. Here's for another great year of OTS being number one in the IWC, man. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you, Matt Eagle. Max. Oh. I'm sorry, bro. Go ahead. The, um... The, the new exotic mission yes. for the, the pulse rifle um, catalyst. Yeah. I beat it today on legendary by myself. Really now? Solo. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't pay me to do that shit fucking solo on legendary, bro. Solo. It was it was easy all the way, all the way to the end. The end was time consuming. No, thank you. I did it yesterday with three guys, man. Luckily the two guys I had were fucking randoms from the app and we got uh, through it, but I got to go back after the show is over and get the fucking robot because I did things backwards. I, I got to get the step. Yeah. In, in the, you know, in the, in the, in the fucking uh, burning room, I got to go fucking scan the robot. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with the fucking... So you, you, you hit the door and you got to find the shit on the wall to hit in the right sequence. Yeah. I didn't know what to fucking do with that, so I missed like a bunch of them. Yeah, it's... I mean, the deep stone crap. I mean, I don't like the puzzle. I, I, li- I like when they just do a straightforward fucking just... Ramp up the difficulty in the enemies, man. I hate when they involve these fucking puzzles and the mechanics. Yeah, it's, it's like a raid. I don't know. People enjoy it. I thought it was great, so it is what it is. Um, so, I was so happy for myself. That's tough, man. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't attempt that. Ooh. I would not attempt that at all. Um, Max Chains. Five months. What a dynamite. TK is on fire. I can't wait until the LA show because I will be there. Cheers to you and Jesse. Thank you, Max Chains, for five months. What the fuck are you drinking, bro, to celebrate? Not today, Jay, with a 999 Super Chat. I'm going to throw this out there so we know Mercedes will be at Wrestle Kingdom. What if she shows up on the January 11 dynamite as Soraya's partner and that in turn sets up a Forbidden Door 2? You're talking about Forbidden Door, Forbidden Door 2 in January when it's more than likely going to take place in June. I mean, it's a possibility, but we don't even know if she's there yet, bro. You wanna know what I would do? What? I would structure my Forbidden Door annual pay-per-view to get a little bit closer and a little bit closer to WrestleMania each year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Each year. You don't want to overlap, but you want to make sure that the fans can kind of see that you're trying to make this a big annual event. Yeah. Forbidden Door, that's something that, I mean, that, that can that can mean so much. It, it can expand from New Japan onto any other entity, man. That's yeah. great shit. Christian Camacho with a new membership. Thank you so much, Christian. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? William with a $5 super chat. Any word on Kota Ibushi? I read that he had a fallout with New Japan and that he had a shoulder injury. Do you think he could be all elite in 2023 when healthy? Sure. Absolutely. 
There was a new uh, a news uh, update on Will Ospreay and his contract. Apparently, he's got uh, till 2024, I believe, with New Japan. So he's not going anywhere. He is amazing, is Will Ospreay. Tommy Brennigan. Second. He's eight. He's going with his. Oh yeah. Yes. He's gone. Tommy Brannigan with a $10 Super Chat. Awesome show, J.D. and Jesse. Tonight, loving my new J.D. Rilla shirt I got today. OTS for life, and happy New Year's, J.D. and Jesse. Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate you, brother. Thank Glad you. you got that, and the quality is excellent on the Luchirillas shirts. I got mine. Love it. The guys over at Luchirillas were fantastic. Christian Camacho with a $4.99. Do you think the United Empire could get involved with the match in, game se- uh, in match seven? Kenny and Osprey for the IWGP title happens next Wednesday at Russell Kenny. Hey, listen, man, anything's a possibility. Anything. Anything's a possibility. I mean, I mean, all bets are off coming match seven. We don't yep. know what's going to happen now. The, the only thing that was predictable about this series was that it's going to go to seven. Yep. That we knew, especially when they started announcing the stipulations ahead of time. So now I know we're getting seven. Now that, now that we're getting our seven, it's, it's no longer predictable. Either one of these teams can win in any fashion. So let's see. Not today, Jay, with the 499. Look, I don't know who Dragon Lee is, but I'm excited to get to know who he is as a professional wrestler. I'm looking forward to seeing him in WWE. Uh, listen, bro, uh, that's one of the best things I love about pro wrestling, finding somebody who's great, not knowing who they are, and watching them grow and being with them on that journey. But the one thing that pisses me off is everybody is like, oh, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee. I mean, where the fuck were you when you wrestled for AEW? I mean, what's with the fake excitement? Give me a break. Let's be happy for the guy, but, like, like tone it down, bro. I mean, the fakeness really shows. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Dragon Lee versus AJ Styles. Yes. You could put anybody in there with AJ Styles. <laughs> Russell Wagner with 14 months. JD, I'm glad I stumbled across this hilarious madman screaming and swearing money. Money well spent. Have a happy new year. Russell, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for 14 months. Steven... Van Deli with $200 Super Chat. Thank you again, brother. As always, happy holidays to our boy. Steven Van Deli. Won't mind seeing Daddy Doom in some dark matches. I don't think anybody's going to mind seeing Daddy Doom, bro. I want to see Daddy Doom in the dark. What? I want to see Daddy Doom in the light. My wife's still here? Hold on. Tyler with a 199. DCFTR going back to WWE. Uh, I could see it, but I don't think they go back. FTR? Yeah. I think they will. I, I, think, I think they'll finish their contracts out, uh, you know, and leave amicably and the door will be open for them to come back again. But I yeah. think they'll go back. Yeah. Uh, Recky Wizard with a 1499 Super Chat. What are your thoughts on the Edge Undertaker feud from 2008? I thought it was great. And what was your favorite match in the feud? Hell in a Cell. And that I hate the, the end of the Hell in a Cell match. I didn't hate it. Just a very typical Undertaker. Edge is great, though. I can't hate. I can't hate on anything Edge does. Theme parks and things with Johnny. Two months. Much love to both of you guys and the chat. Thank you, uh, Johnny. I appreciate that, man. What are you drinking for two months? Jabril Mohammed with a four ninety nine. The tattooed guy looks like he was bailed out of Arkham Asylum by Swerve. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Clint Bond with a 999. Miro happily signed the multi-year extension earlier this year. I suspect what's going on is also what's went what's went on with Andrade and Malachi. They were the ones that were tampered with by Triple H. Maybe. 
Maybe. I don't know. Haven't heard anything about that. I know Keith Lee and Swerve were probably tampered with, but Miro, it's a possibility. Maybe he's playing hardball because he wants to go back now. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah, what were you, you going to say, bro? That's it. That's it. It's possible. Not today, Jay, with 499. Women's Tag Team Championship should not be in professional wrestling. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. I'm saying that we don't need them currently because there's not enough tag teams. Legit. Golden Boy, $5 Super Chat. I know you said Mercedes for the mystery partner, which would be amazing. But would you guys be okay with it being Statlander? I would like that. Statlander's not due back in January, bro. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. We, Wait. They need they need Statlander back so bad. Yeah. Look, I mean, just because... Look, there's free agents out there, obviously. But um, Statlander's homegrown. Yeah. And she's over, and she's really good. And she can be easily injected to the top of the card. So we need her back. Golden Boy, thank you so much for the five. Jake Carpenter with five months. Happy New Year, JD and Jesse. Keep kicking ass in 2023. Here's to amazing, an amazing year. Cheers. Thank you, Jake. What are you drinking, brother? Basic with a 4.99. I know that the Elite are favorites in the OTS venue, but no matter what narrative is being pushed, they are the reason why Punk went off in the media scrum. I mean... I'm tired of talking about it. You could, I could see the side of the elite. I could see the side of punk. I could see why Tony Khan allowed it to happen. I mean, everybody's to blame. Did not look good for anybody, including AEW. But if they work it out, it'll be water under the bridge very quickly, man. NC07 with 499. My brother Otis Driftwood and I rock with JD, Jesse, and the OTS Nation. Thank you, NC. I appreciate you, bro. The script keeper with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, if Tony gets Sasha, do you think the women's division will get better? I hope so. Well, after Jamie Hayter and Sheeta, it's already been better. Yeah. It can't get worse. Isaiah Hoffman with five months. JD, through all my money struggles, I've stayed a member. OTS for life, and I'm buying my PlayStation 5 next week. And Jesse, your takes are good. Also, I'll take a Coke. Thank you, Isaiah. And enjoy that PlayStation 5, man. Everybody deserves one. Gracias, man. I appreciate it. Hey, just t- told me, man. I, I didn't know I had, I had to shoot those damn yellow drones with the, with the post wire. I know. I have to dedicate a whole day to that. 50 of them yeah. I got to do. Uh, and Tyler with a four nine, uh, 199 Super Chat by Tyler. Who do you want to see as your Rumble surprises? Um... I don't really have anybody on the top of my list because I think WWE's bolstered their roster to a point where it could be a great Royal Rumble. But I if think I was... he wasted all his surprises in the lead-up. Yeah. He brought a lot of people back in the last six months. If I was to name anybody, I'd love to see Matt Cardona. I think, yeah, he, be- be I think he get a big reaction. That'd be real good. Yeah. Be a big um, but obviously Cody, too. Well, Cody, I mean, Cody was on Monday Night Raw this past Monday for that taped episode that they did, that best of, saying, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming back, and I'm coming for the WWE Championship. So he basically that, that, said that. That's a rumble confirmed right there. Man. Yeah, that's basically yeah, that's basically a rumble confirmed. Cody, the timing of his injury, the injury sucks, but the timing of it could not have been any better because it lands him right back in the thick of the WrestleMania um, build. So Yeah. 
Anyway, guys, that is all we got for you. I hope you appreciated the work that went into the show tonight. I hope you enjoyed our takes. Hopefully you found something informative and entertaining tonight. We are about to get out of here, man. Jesse, any final words before uh, we get out of the venue? Nah, man. Um, once again, if you have not already subscribed to my channel, follow me. Um, unfortunately, I'm watching Dark for right now, but believe me when I tell you things are about to change. We're going to change the format. This is the first year. I started in January of this year, and now we're going into the second year. We're going to change some things up, so just stay tuned. Uh, Jesse's got one year on YouTube, huh? Holy shit. One full year, bro. Wow. Crazy, man. How you feeling after a year? Feel good? What's up? You feel good about one year? Yeah, man. This was fun, bro. I mean, and while we're at it, I want to I wanna thank you and the whole OTS family, man, because the, the little crappy channel I have would be even less than that without you guys. So thank you. There you go. Anytime, brother. Jeremy Lewis with a late $20 super chat. This will pay my tolls on the way home. Also, I got my JD Rilla shirt today. Great limited edition merch. I think the elite needs to lose by fuck finish and let Kenny get back to singles competition. I agree with you, Jeremy Lewis. I think Kenny Omega in the singles division is the best use of Kenny Omega and the Bucks in the tag team division. I think they did uh, everything they could for the trios, and this is proving it. I think that's the right way to look at it. Yeah, I think this was the goal. To, the same way they did this for the tag titles in the beginning of the company. Now they just want to get the trios titles completely over. And yeah. Doing right now. Yeah. Anyway, guys, I will be back with you tomorrow. Some extra tomorrow. We'll go over more on the Dragon Lee story. I got news on Cody. I got news on Sasha. Tons of stories coming tomorrow, so look forward to that. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. And the next time you see me live... We'll be on Friday, man. Big time SmackDown. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for notification. And please hit that thumbs up, man. I need a couple of things from me before I get out of here, man. Number one, I need those ace emojis in the chat. Those rock on emojis would be nice, too. The Mustang emojis would be fantastic. And I need that music on max. Guys, I will see you all tomorrow for Extra and Friday live for John Cena on SmackDown Friday night. I'll see you guys later. Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.